0: to the bards of him podcast this is scott kesterson and tonight you are listening to an interview with a lot of people it's the bards of him and resistance chicks thanksgiving special this war is real fighting is everything even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students, they become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. Tonight we're going to re-air in the Resistance Chicks and Bards Nation or Bards FM Thanksgiving special that was on actually on Rumble live in case you missed it. And we're going to play it here. That was just it just finished a bit ago. I'm only going to be playing the segment of the Resistance Chicks, um, Michelle, Leah, myself and CJ and Rick. There is an additional hour on the front end of this. And the only reason I'm not playing it is currently on Podbean. We're limited to three hours. So trying to get this so we can get the whole thing in. But you should go over if you want to see the first hour's fantastic set of interviews that they did. So, before we get going, just make sure you understand that right now we're in critical times, and with critical times we have critical things going on. You need to take good care of your skill sets to protect your family and home, and that the best way to do that is iTarget Pro, iTargetPro.com. So head on over there and use your promo code Bards B A R D S. You'll get ten percent off in free shipping. This is a fantastic system. That allows you to use a laser bullet and a dry fire system to, to be able to improve your target, your targeting, your finger, your trigger pull, and your gun handling, and do it in the safety of your home. So, head on over to itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Use your promo code BARDS. You'll get 10% off in free shipping. It's a great time to get this product, especially in this time for Christmas and for all this you need to ensure that you can maintain those skills you're going to need in this critical hour. Okay, Patriots. So Without further ado, I'm going to play this off of Rumble, and it's a live streaming. You can find it there as well. But this is uh, this is the audio piece, and we're going to get this going. It's about three hours of a really good discussion and enjoyment of a Thanksgiving special we did tonight.
1: Thanksgiving. We're waiting for CJ and Rick to sit down. There they are. There's Rick. We've got Mr. Kesterson in the house. Lee and I have done a very rapid wardrobe change from Monday's pre-record if you guys didn't couldn't tell that was from um Monday we did that with all of our friends there. So, um I'm going to we're just going to do a quick sound check. Uh Scott, you want to make sure that everybody's unmuted here.
0: How's that? 1 2? Got you, you now.
1: CJ, you want to speak your beautiful face? Hello. We've got you. All right. I want
2: to make
1: sure everybody
3: um, out there and speak
1: your beautiful face. Never. So <laughs> CJ, you're gonna have to like. Scott just did a mic check. Yeah, we know. We heard. Yeah,
0: heard I know. Scott's I, did. I did it. I did it live for everybody to hear me. <laughs> so CJ, you're gonna have to settle in so you quit in becoming the invisible woman. Right.
2: I know, I'm not moving.
0: Well, why don't you sit back a little bit with next to Rick? Mm. <laughs> Oh, you're, you're, look at that. It doesn't like you. You just vanished. <laughs> I, I can go like this. <laughs> I'm about ready to take that green screen. Let me let me take that off. Let me be right back. Just keep going, Michelle. i got to change that, okay? Okay.
3: Um, so if you can't tell, uh, they're actually in the same vicinity.
1: <laughs> Which is the best ever. Uh, I know that Rick is not going to be any stranger to all of you if you tuned into the pre-show for the Night of Freedom. And CJ is not going to be any stranger to any of you if you listened and tuned in to any of the live of Bards Fest. And if you went to Bards Fest, both CJ and Rick are probably not strangers to you because they prayed for an awful lot of people uh, there at, at Bards Fest. And we just had a phenomenal time. Um, so we have dogs here, and you're going to have to forgive us. Our, um, we have a couple of whiny pants here in the in the studio you need to lie down and be still peace be still <laughs> in the name of jesus okay so cj and Rick. Hey, we don't know you very well but scott kesterson has put you on a pedestal that i'm not sure many people other than brian and alicia Derrico can follow um he speaks so highly of you it's it's a little bit intimidating, actually, as his friends. Oh. Um, he just loves you guys so much. A
3: lot so to much. up to. But uh,
1: there is a lot to measure up to, actually, uh, for you guys. But uh, CJ and Rick, I actually just saw your website. I'm going to take a, a gander while you're telling people about it. You have a book that's coming out. Thank you. So yeah. tell yeah. us about that.
2: <laughs> well, you know, we just felt like... The Lord wanted us to write my story. So for those of you who don't know, I am a satanic ritual abuse overcomer. And it's actually much more um, prominent in the world than people think or know. And a lot of survivors don't know or survivors to become overcomers don't know where to find help or how to get help or even if there is help. And that is a big part of, of my story. And so we decided to, to write a book about it. And um, the name of the book is Rescued by Love, Breaking Out of Darkness to Receive Hope and Restoration. There are so many times during my life and by the time I met Rick where uh, hope had ran out. And there were some times where Rick would say, I, I can see you've lost hope. Um, and I have enough hope for both of us. Wow! And Jesus came in, and He has been restoring me, redeeming me, making me whole, and it's been amazing. And so we we wanted to share that for others for hope as well.
1: Okay, so I'm looking at your website. It's phenomenal. There's a video here of you, and this is is this your testimony? It's just a
2: like a little short snippet? piece. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Look here and tell the people your name, how you got plugged in with the
2: ministry and then give us your testimony. Well, my name is CJ Moyer, or as my dad calls me here, uh, I got plugged into the ministry through some friends in Portland, Oregon that have known Mama T for 15 plus years or so. When I first met Mama T, I had really, I was following her on Facebook because I thought that there was something fishy going on and I was going to kind of catch it during that time. I was going through an incredible amount of illness. I was bed bound. I wasn't able to eat solid food. I was had lost my ability to really walk. Mama T would send me a message on Facebook and say, hey, sis, how can I pray for you today? My response when I passed out on the floor sick, I would say, oh, I'm fine. I don't need any prayer today. And that went on. Mama T took a screenshot of my Facebook page, send it to our mutual friend in Portland, and she flew up to that friend's house to meet me to deliver a word in person to me. Before that happened, I had gone to 100 churches seeking help. I'm a survivor of satanic ritual abuse, and through this ministry, I've gone from being a survivor to being healed and delivered to an overcomer. During that time of illness, Mama T released healing over me, Try not to cry, (laughs) she looked at me and she said the problems that are going on are not medical, they're spiritual. When I was nine years old, my father married me, my biological father, not the man sitting here today, married me to Satan. And in that, many demons took hold and inhabited my body. I met who my husband is now, a man of God, who was loving and praying and all of those demons were angry and they were literally shredding me on the inside. I would go to the doctor and the facts that they got on paper said everything was fine. I would go to another doctor, the facts and the tests and the lab said everything was fine. I wasn't fine. I was blowing up like a balloon. I couldn't walk. I couldn't eat solid food. I was dying before my mother's eyes and my now husband's eyes. But today I stand here healed. I can eat what I want. I walk just fine. Through the mighty name of Jesus, I am healed and been set free. So I'm here to tell everybody here today that spiritual healing and through healing through the Christ Jesus our Lord is here for everyone. And that is the takeaway and the power that I have learned through this ministry with Mama Chi and Pablo.
3: Amen. Amen. Thank
1: you so much. Amen. Okay. That was awesome. That was, and I just love you even more now. Like that's, it's so incredible. You know, we actually had some pushback on our night of freedom, uh, event that we did from Christians who were willing, who were wanting to celebrate Halloween and saying it's totally fine. And Leah and I used your testimony with so many people and it, it really shuts people down.
3: I know we're talking about Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. This is Thanksgiving. But, you know, I, I do think just because I do have you here um, yeah. and we weren't able to have have you on our night of prayer um, pre-event, pre-event because you were going through some stuff. Um, maybe for some of those stragglers who are maybe thinking, you know, we're not to be afraid of any day. That's what I heard from some Christians. The Lord told us not to be afraid of any day. So yeah, we can send our kids out trick or treating. What do you say to those Christians about Halloween? Well, I say it's true. We shouldn't be
2: afraid of any day. That is true. But the Lord also tells us not to participate in things of, of evil. And Halloween was created and started for evil purposes by uh, demonic, by fallen angels that were wanting man to worship them. So um, I say, why would you want to put your child at risk of the strongholds and any of the demonic spirits or participate in anything um, evil? You know, scripture says too, you know, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And Paul says, beware of the enemy schemes. Mm-hmm. And if you research uh, just the history of, of Halloween, there's enough there that should tell you that this isn't fun and games. Mm-hmm. It's not just something, you know, you can cute up. Um, as a ritual abuse survivor, I can tell you firsthand the things that go on, um, on that night and as we're approaching that, you know, we're here, we're on Thanksgiving Eve. I'm thankful for, our Je- for Jesus, our Savior, that I can be here today and share this testimony to give some insight to people, because it is by His grace that I can do that. Um it, It's a miracle I survived. There were um, a few other, you know, there's a small group of us in what they call demon school, and and, and my age group, I am the only one that's living oh my gosh like it. mm-hmm. yeah,
0: it's pretty phenomenal
2: what's demon school well demon school you know it's the occult they, they start the abuse and their rituals really young but they start training um by age four and they start looking to see what your gifts are and different pieces and um teaching you different things in the occult
4: so in essence demon school is like a vetting process they're They take the children, they subject them to different rituals, different activities, and uh, see which ones survive, see which ones have different kinds of giftings. And then depending on how you um, uh, test out or whatever, they'll put you in different kind of programs or they'll mark you for different things from uh, use, abuse, to sacrifice. CJ, are you
0: okay? CJ. Yeah, I
4: am. I
2: was just thinking, you know, um, it's, it's implicitly, you know, in in the Christian church, we have, we go to church on Sunday and we have Sunday school that we take our kids to that's, you know, an hour before church or during church and uh, maybe a midweek service, family service that we go to. Um, The demonic, they are so committed to their craft and what they're doing that they, one, are willing to sacrifice their children for different things regularly. And two, um, they spend four, eight up to eighteen hours a day, a day, not once or twice a week. Um, worshiping, learning, all the different things of the occult. So, um, Demon School is is the entry level for for kids to to get into that program. It's hard to believe. It's pretty that this intense. Exists. I'm going
0: to I want to speak to that real quick. First of all, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody, because it's nice to be here and wonderful company we have tonight. Wonderful piece you did beforehand, ladies. Um, really nice. It was well done. Great guests. So, really an honor to be here um, for all of us. And you did a great job all putting it together. So, and by the way, everybody, this was Michelle's doing. So, and Liam, but Michelle was the technical <laughs> wizard behind Michelle. all this. So, if uh, if you heard my voice talking over things doing mic checks, that wasn't Michelle. That was all me being fumble bums over here with the with the mute button. So, I take it, on it. It's all good.
4: What does this button do? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. I was like. <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, so I just I just want to speak to this real quickly because, you know, this is really a, a wonderful week, um, and, and tomorrow's a really wonderful day of celebrating harvest and the glories of what God gives us. But as we're leading into this and reflecting on what we did back on the 31st and the 1st was to really transform a day, which is probably one of the darkest days of the year. And we, we, proclaimed, we proclaimed life and freedom over that day, which was going to set us up next year for, literally being Thanksgiving and harvest over two months, thanks to Leah's idea, which I completely buy into. Yes. So here's the thing, and I'm just going to speak real directly because there's a lot of arrogance and people chip on their shoulders about thinking that this demonic world isn't real. And I'm just going to tell you, if you are walking that path, you have not listened to the survivors of what's going on and you have not dealt with trying to deal out with deliverance on that level. And you can talk to me all day about how this isn't any big deal and you can talk about how you have fearlessness walking into this thing. And that's true. We don't walk with fear, but we do walk with reverence and respect for what God tells us, like 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 CJ's been saying. So if you're one out there that's trying to st- stick your thumb in the nose of the demonic by telling them that your children can dress up for Halloween, it'll be okay. I think as Lee and I were talking today, you're getting something confused. It isn't about being possessed. It's about being controlled and influenced. And the demonic pieces stick onto you like glue. And they'll find weaknesses, and they'll get on you, and they will steer you in ways you don't even have any idea about. This is a very real issue because we're in a spiritual war. And so, like, tomorrow is a day where we celebrate harvest and God and family and unity, and you should be speaking life over all things in separateness, and you should do that every day anyway. But tomorrow is a day to speak life over the blessings of the harvest of what God gave us, and that's the glory of this. But that doesn't mean you walk into the demonic strongholds and taunt your head at it and go like, it's no big deal. And I'm going to tell you a true, true story. I'm going to tell you something you never want to do. Bars Fest 1 was four days. The first two days were a living hell. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. And I mean everything, including like Mike Lindell is arriving that morning and we had a green room set up and about 30 minutes before he walked in to check in, the fire department came in and shut down the green room. And... We weren't able to even have a green room for it.
1: I remember that day, yeah.
0: Yeah, same day that we we had our schedule published to have Mike Lindell speak twice, and whatever happened, the wrong schedule got published, and he had flown in specifically to speak twice, and he got erased off the schedule. I mean, I'm going to talk. These are just ones of hundreds of things that went wrong. I'm going to tell you why that. First
1: happened. of all, uh, Michelle wasn't in charge of the schedule then.
0: <laughs> no, you were not in charge of the schedule. You're right, and you also weren't in charge of this message, which is why it's so important. And that message was this, I taunted the devil. I told him if he wanted to fight to come bring it. And I will tell you that that's not one of those things you want to repeat. Right Now I'm going to tell you why we won. Because on Saturday morning, the prayer team, which was a fantastic prayer team, texted me at five o'clock in the morning. And they said, God says you have to repent. And then they gave me Jeremiah 6.16, which has been my living scripture ever since, which is to seek the ancient paths. And so here we have a set schedule and I literally turned to God and I said, we already have a set schedule. How do we do this? And I reached for my Bible and I've told this story many times. It was very important to appreciate now. I reached for my Bible and it was gone. And the words of pastor Brad Cummings came to mind. He said, be careful on these events because you can get so wrapped up in the details of the event that you forget the purpose of being there. And it's your purpose is being there with God. And I literally broke down in tears. I said, okay, God, I don't know what to do here. So I called Texted the team that was already on site. I said, I can't find my Bible. And they launched a search for it. And I just quickly got dressed and jumped in the Jeep and I took off. And I just headed towards the site. I had no idea what I was going to do. And by the time I arrived, God had already downloaded what I needed to do. And I took the Bible in my hand. I got out and I walked up to Brad because he was he was meeting with everybody in the green room. I said, you have one singular mission today for me. You need to tell every single speaker that they will begin their speak with speech with talking about repentance. Anything else I don't care about. That's the only thing that matters. And so I walked up on stage. It wasn't scheduled to start. And I just started. And I said, we are going to repent. And that's how we began. And we repented. I don't know. you, You ladies remember. It was something like four times each day or something like that. And we repented hard. And we turned the tide. But it was a war. And this is how big we turned the tide. Because we went from everything going wrong to everything going super right. I mean, like off chain super right. And we had people coming to Jesus. And by Sunday morning, Tony uh, Tony Woods from South, from Orange County. He brought twenty men to Jesus that morning. First time, we rocked it, and we finished it. And I'll never forget the finishing because we're all tired. It's been a long two, four days, and I'm doing my closing out remarks. Brian Cahenick and Joe Cahenick were playing the final piece. Joe was actually on the on the uh, flute. It's beautiful. And I hear these gasps in the crowd and I am so tired. I'm just praying. like, Holy Spirit, just please get me through this day. Get me through these last few words and then I'll look. Because if I look, I knew I was going to be done anyway. And I spoke the final words and I looked up and everybody in the crowd is looking up. They're looking up because in the middle of a blue sky, there was a rainbow that broke out right above the stage. It hadn't
1: even been raining.
0: No, it wasn't raining. See, that's God. That's God saying, good job my faithful servants, and we knew it and we knew it well. So I want to read something. It's pretty profound and it's personal. But I don't think Michelle, you'll mind if I read it to you. No. Okay. Did you send it to me on regular text? I think you did. Didn't you? I did. Okay. Let me find it real quick because this is a really profound. Um, hang on just a second. It should be right here. Here it is. Okay. And this is what I want you to think in context to where we are today. And this was from Michelle, but it was from Michelle and Leah. And so this is what was written. Everything has changed. It's going to, you're going to break me on this, but that's okay. it's okay. Everything has changed. It's too late for them to catch up, catch up with us. The script has flipped and it all happened at the greatest revival in the history of the world. Because one guy said yes to the call from God, but he could have said no, and on top of that, gave god all the glory the guy is you you are blessed and highly favored my brother we're so proud to be fighting with you with this winning this battle with you you're right we're unstoppable now eyes on the horizon eyes on the cross god led me to the whole chapter of jeremiah 1 this morning for this moment when you open this when you you open that sword you've been carrying around next give it a read behold this day have i set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to root out and to destroy and to throw down to build and to plant for they shall fight against thee but they shall not prevail against thee for I am thee to deliver these thee saith the Lord rest in joy tonight my brother for God is saying well done my good and faithful servant you have multiplied the talents I have given you, and so I shall give you more. We are behind you, Michelle and Leah. Resistance Chicks. So.
1: That was still us- on my phone. It's That's the first ever text message I ever sent you.
0: It was it's pretty still amazing.
1: In my, that's how old my phone is, actually. It's two and a half years old.
0: It was pretty amazing. When you look at where we are these days and how far we've come from that event, and we're sitting here today with just an amazing family has been developing, people from the outside. Sometimes it looks like there's some radical changes, but you don't see the undercurrents of what brings us to where we are. God is moving pieces on this board in the most amazing and fantastic ways. He's linking people. He's building spiritual armies. Don't think that you're, that you're excluded from that. Open your hearts. Speak love. the most common language, and this is the day and the week to do it. This is a time to unite with family, to heal wounds, to come together and say, thank you, Lord, I forgive. And when we do that, and we give the all glory to him, this enemy will squeal like a pig. This enemy will run at you and think it's strong when in fact it's weak. And all you have to do is stand, because it's shadows compared to him. And there's nothing that they can do against us, as long as we stand boldly in the light and to proclaim Jesus our Savior and say, stand back no more, because we are here. The child, the children of God, the children of the most high, and we will not budge. And you know, you have no authority here and that's all it takes. And that's what really for Thanksgiving for me, that's what this is all about and why we're here to get tonight with some very, very wonderful people. And what we've seen this last year is just an amazing development of that family, the spiritual family that God wants together and we're blessed and we all need to be blessed and I'm grateful. And I'm grateful for all the bars nation and all of resistance nation. And I'm grateful for all the friends and family that we now have that are far greater than just people we know because God's knitting together something most amazing. Watch, watch it grow and watch how we win. I think that's it. for now.
3: At the end of the show, Scott Kessler. No, a- it so sounded the- like a, an exit to the show. Scott got into no. his, uh, Bart is, his, his bard FM mode where it's just <laughs> kind of like the Holy spirit flows and it's just, Watch out. That yeah, really, that's pretty much it. got two kinds of voices. <laughs> But
1: you started that because we were talking about the idea that as Christians, we shouldn't be afraid of a day. As CJ said, we should not be afraid of a day. You certainly are not afraid of a day, but you don't dabble in darkness. And you don't you don't yeah. go play footsie with the devil. And you don't take him on and say, go ahead and, like, come at me, devil. Kind of like you did at Bard's Fest.
2: Right, CJ? Yeah, bad
0: idea. Right. So it's a bad idea.
2: You know, in Ecclesiastes 10.8, it talks about, you know, the, a hedge of protection and if there's a hole in the hedge a snake can get in so if you're out partnering with things with the enemy and you are being ignorant to this or flat out just choosing to say like well okay you have a hole and the snake can get in you're putting your kids at risk not to mention if you look at what all the costumes are and different things kids are stepping out of their identity and taking on the identity of something else you know uh, John Ramirez you know did quote him you know you, how many kids because of Disney movies or just what up kids cartoons put on a mermaid costume for a Halloween. Well, that's a Marine spirit, you know? And so now there's a legal, right? There's the opportunity for that to have an effect on your child. Yeah. And so why open those doors?
3: You're, you're absolutely right. And speaking of open doors, you know, I, we are going to get to some thankfuls and to the victory of Thanksgiving, um, but I, I I had a word that I wanted to give you all about families and and to your point about open doors and to your testimony that you spoke about CJ. You um, obviously had a father who you do not have in your life anymore. Correct. Correct. There are many of you who have plans to visit. Family tomorrow. Oh, it's good. Here we go. And some of you should cancel those plans. Some of you have bought into the lie, and maybe uh, Pastor Rick can um, speak to this, having worked with CJ and other abuse survivors. I, if I have one main beef, and I have many beefs with the church, um, my my beef that I have right now, that's a big old giant beef hamburger here a big old slab. she's a carnivore yeah exactly it's it's scott's wearing off on me um (laughs) is the the essence of this forgiveness of abusers and Mm. i'll give you an example i spoke with a um a lady who we had prayed for she had been um tormented by demons thanks to um uh pastor dave we understood what would happen, in, at nighttime, in the r- witching hour, when demons would come, she would come. She would wake up at two or three in the morning, and be tormented. And so, oh well, pertinent information. I love that. That's my new favorite line. Pertinent information. Uh, this woman was abused by her mother um, when she was a child. Her mother would um, lock her outside of the house, and overnight. she'd have overnight, and she'd have to sleep in the grass, and then in a barn, like in the cold. Who does that? Like this is intense stuff, you know. And call her horrible names. Well, um, we cast out these demons and we prayed over her and her husband. And it was a beautiful night. And uh, we ended just in the worship. I mean, I, just the deliverance was amazing. They ended up just praising God. It was just beautiful. There's another couple there. The next uh, day, they were freed. It was powerful. It was a two-day well, event, so we saw them the next I get day. A, I get a kind of a text message that she, her family is sick, her husband's sick, everybody's sick. And, and we're praying through it and she's worried. Um, I won't go into the details, but something happened with the mom was brought back into her the life, her life. And it was very pertinent, but hard word that I said, close the door. The but door, all this
1: stuff started happening. Everybody was getting sick. They were in a car accident. Like it was like, sh- she's like, this stuff has never happened like this before. I'm barely holding it together.
3: Yeah. And so I, I, I said, close that door. What happened when we closed that door to the enemy and we cast those demons off Um, the devil tried to come at you through a, a soul tie with your mom and you went back and, and that little girl, that little girl that still wants to be loved by her mom, uh, wanted to say, well, maybe I can forgive. And that was, that was actually a a demonic power influencing her thoughts to bring in this mom who has these covenants with these, these demons. And, uh, everybody thinks that forgiveness means allowing people back into your life. Exactly. You can forgive
1: them and release them to yeah. the
3: Lord uh, for the destruction of their flesh. Yeah, exactly. And so um, when we, we we broke those ties, we bind a gag Satan and we close those doors, then the, the the freedom came, and the healing is is coming. And and she was like, wow, I I, I didn't see it. I now I feel dumb, and you know all these. And I like, don't feel dumb. You know this happens to all of us, and many of us think that you know Scott mentioned family. Well, Jesus said, who, who are, who is my family, but who are my mother, my brothers, and my sisters, but those who do the will of God. Come on. And when you recognize the scripture, the millstone scripture, um, woe to you who cause. You cause a little one to sin. It's better if a millstone was tied around your neck. There are people that Jesus didn't forgive. This is what people don't understand. He didn't say, but I'll forgive you. Mm. Um, he didn't say to the, uh, Pharisees and Sadducees, but I'll forgive you. Um, mm-hmm. and so learning that discernment of who we stay in and the Lord says, you kind of guys gave me a word, stay and pray, learning the discernment between who you stay and pray with and who you walk away from. And so maybe, uh, pastor Rick, you can, you can speak to people who are, um, they're going to enter into it. A, a lot of them are going to enter into a trap tomorrow. The enemy has set them traps. People who abuse them probably sexually molested them. Um, if you kind alcohol- of speak to that real quick. Maybe CJ can speak it better, but I'm going to speak it anyway. If you were molested
1: by somebody, you do not spend Thanksgiving with them tomorrow. I am speaking. That's not even prophetic,
3: but it is. That is straight from heaven. Stop it. Carry on. (laughs) But talking about abuse and and, and those people who have a way to just trigger you and, and, you know, CJ, you know all about being triggered. Um, When you start to get shaky and nervous and and that kind of situation. Many people think that they have to go and be in these family situations when they know it's gonna trigger a trauma. A lot of people are
1: dreading Thanksgiving. You shouldn't dread Thanksgiving. If you dread Thanksgiving, your plans aren't of
3: the Lord. Just, just buy Chinese and eat it by yourself. Come on. But go ahead, maybe maybe CJ and Rick, maybe you have something to say on that.
4: Oh boy, we can talk we for can the next guess. two hours about this. Um, you know, this is, this is a, it's a very complicated thing. Um, man, where do you even start? The um, let's start here. There's not just one kind of demon and there's not one kind of possession. OK, and so it, it there are many different levels, many different types. If you uh, were kind of like a normal American, you've had some traumas in your past and things like that. There's a certain level that probably has made its way into your life. If you've gone through what CJ has gone through, that that's a whole different level of demonic things because they are purposefully breaking her and bringing in high level things to try to torment her. So that, you know, there's a long conversations in that quick little description that I've just given. Now for people that have been molested, you know, we know that statistically like one in three women in America have been molested.
5: Yeah,
4: And so, you know, they, and the, the, the system, the family system they grew up in, They have learned to think a certain way. I call that being programmed. Oh, that's good. And so when you've been programmed and it starts with the enemy, he's the one that programs mom and dad, that programs the kids. Um, You don't even know that going and not being triggered, not being abused is even an option.
2: Wow. Because wow. it's been your been oh whole life. That's your, that's your normal.
4: That's your normal. So and cute. so, you know, who even knows what is normal, what is right, what is healthy? And, you know, people have uh, said this many times. Why would an abused woman go back to her abuser?
1: Yeah.
4: because well, That's all she knows is love. And so she's she, we all feel love. We all need love. So she goes back to the thing that she thinks is love. And the same thing happens in families. Now, breaking away from a family that's got a wrong structure, an unhealthy structure, that's really hard too.
2: Yeah, it and is.
4: Don't live through that. You know, it's very, very hard.
2: Even you know, with the things that that I went through, um, I, I finally got away. Ran away. I I got emancipated. There was a whole list of things that happened, and my handlers came in and, and manipulated me yeah. back into the environment to try and control narratives or different things and i was about 17 eight, turning 18 at the time so as soon as i turned 18 and, and could leave i did but there was still a, a draw there was a lot of different pieces supernatural you know spiritual pieces there was you know, the complication that can have you know a little girl craving wanting relationship with yeah. her dad, wanting, you know, that person to love her. And it wasn't until I had my child and was in an environment where they had come around where I was like, I'm responsible for this tiny human. This is my baby and I get to choose what is around here. And so I cut off all communication, you know, ties and different things, um, that way, or did my, you know, they, they don't make it easy, but, um, It's a a lot of different layers, really, that comes with with that.
4: One of the things CG, sorry to interrupt you, but one of the things CG had going for her is her trauma response is fight. Mm. And so you have heard of the different trauma responses, right? Fight, fight, or freeze. And CJ, when she gets real triggered, especially if somebody's unsafe, (laughs) the hood comes out. You know the the bad neighborhood, and so she'll come in. She'll start fighting. That's
0: oh, trust me. You have no idea you're doing deliverance <laughs> with CJ. <laughs> you, you don't you don't want to be anywhere near it if you're a demon. Like right. she is, she's ruthless, and it's so awesome because like pretty yeah. soon she's just like, uh-uh, you aren't staying here, and she's just right. like slaying it. So that's good. You have Slay a T-shirt it. now slaying yeah. it, don't you? Slay it. <laughs> Slay it. Slay yeah. It.
4: But we work with so many people, and that's my trauma response, is the freeze. And so many people, we when they get into that place where they're traumatized, they slip into that go numb, can't move, don't know what to do.
5: Yeah.
4: And so if somebody is in a, a place mm. and they're at a family holiday, and now the uncle that had molested her is drunk again, and she smells the alcohol, and that was the last time was when she was molested, and she goes into freeze, wow. you know, you're, just, you're stuck. Wow. And you can't get out of it. And so, um, you know, that's big explanation, but, you know, we have a lot of grace for a lot of people. And um, a lot of folks, you know, they get in that place and they they feel stuck and they need someone to come along and to love them, to help them get to, to freedom. And that's what you gals, I hear you do. We watched you, you know, you're you're there doing deliverance, but, you know, you're hugging, you're, you know, you're loving, you're doing all that appropriate stuff, right? <laughs>
1: Okay. Hey,
0: CJ, hey, CJ yeah. can I, can I, uh, are you okay if I tell that story with what happened to Brian and Alicia's that one night we were all there on the couch?
2: Well, let her finish her thought first.
0: All right. All right. All right. Your
2: story will hold <laughs> Let me finish Scott. This is how Scott and I are. Where was it? You got to put a pin in it. Hold on. It's like, I can't, I don't know what yeah. you guys are talking I about. I was in the background. I don't get a word
0: in I stuck a pin <laughs> so in it. Me, I got let it. Me
2: finish. Sometimes in the one abuse survivors, sometimes they need permission that they don't have to continue that cycle anymore. Yeah. You know, like Rick was, you know, that was my normal, you know, we, and looking back, like the part of my family, that was the safe family, like the good people. I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure all of the everyone's pictures are in the dictionary next to dysfunction, you know, and that was (laughs) where things were healthy and good. You know what I mean? So I had, there's still times I look at Rick and I'm like, is that normal? And he's like, well, that was, that was your normal. But, you know, <laughs> wow. Not average. No, we, we've so, had that a
4: lot, you know, and it's, yeah. it's that confusion. Like, oh, is that how normal people interact? You know, wow. we just had a meal. no one threw anything. No one cussed at me and nothing's broken. Is that normal? Wow. And.
2: Well, even tonight, like sharing food, you know, we didn't, we got in trouble. If you touch people's food, like it was a big deal. Like it was a big, because honestly, now I know it was probably cursed or spelled. And so if you ate something that was going to be served somewhere else, like that's a, you know, there's a lot of problems there. I didn't know. Th- I mean, that's how stuff was. So even tonight, like Scott cut up some cheese and I was like, well, Rick, maybe we should get a plate and cut up some cheese. And Scott's like, do you want to just eat it? And I'm like, oh yeah but we didn't share because if you spelled it or somebody spelled it or cursed it, like, you know, you didn't want
3: things mixed up. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it, there is a, this level where um, there is this actual demonic position about that. And then there, I should say, say, where people are specifically doing it for Satan. And then there is the, the settle era to, you know, to, in Christmas holidays, where we would have, you know, um, a a drunken pretty much every holidays drunken on both sides of our family, and somebody's going to be yelling at somebody, somebody's going to be hurting somebody, um, and we've had to learn our, ourselves when to walk away. Yeah, and for me, the litmus test is when you're around this person, are they pulling you away from God? Mm-hmm. so there's there's a place where you can be around broken people and god's called you to be around them um and minister to them uh, we moved in to take care of my grandma and my uh, one of my uncles and there was a ministry even though they were broken and hurt, did hurtful things it didn't really hurt they were broken and they couldn't hurt us really anymore um and then we have other relatives who when these for relatives got around them they'd come back and were extremely vile extremely hurtful and would say things that would make you get shaky or um just incredibly um, incredible amount of trauma and just brokenness and and anger and violence and um i want to give people permission um i just feel like this is a word from the lord to anybody right now you don't have to be around people who hurt you.
5: you
3: and you're allowed to say, this is, this is hurting me. I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm, I, I, me and my family, we're not coming to Thanksgiving. We're not coming to this Christmas. We're not coming to this family gathering. Um, and when you, when you do that, when you make those steps, um, it's very interesting because to me, if somebody removes themselves from my life, I'm like, okay, that's fine. But you'll notice that there's a pattern, uh, CJ, when you talked about those people that are actually being led by the satanic to hurt you on purpose they don't let you go that's good they that's keep right. hounding you over and over and over again you must come back because if you let go it's like they they lose they, they they're they, what, what they're doing is they're sucking life from you they're mm-hmm. taking a life force from your life because you're filled with the life of god and love and they don't have that and it's like Saul listening to david on the harp um almost almost your presence um, sue's their soul for a moment and um, sues the for, demons. For, yeah. And they, they need to, they need to hurt you. We've had, I know people who desire to hurt other people. It's there. They, they, um, they find a victim because they desire to hurt. So I, wanted, go ahead. I wanted to put a little
2: separation in there too. I it's easy to talk about a lot of these things. And, and in my situation, this applies not quite the same, but overall, I think it's important to stop and say too, these things, we need to separate the demonic influence. that's influencing people to do the behaviors and what we're talking about, the mm-hmm. cruelty and things like that, separate that from the person that God created,
5: Yeah, because
2: it's easy to look at it and say, you know, aunt Sally, did you know this and she's really mean and evil and hurtful and she's always you know purposefully doing this and the likelihood is it's not it's the strongholds and the demonic influence in her life we need to stop and actually we we don't want to go be around it because we're not going to allow those spirits to torment us but we do need to pray for aunt sally that her spirit will rise up to a place of leadership to connect with the lord and how he created her to be And in a way that her flesh can be silenced so that the soul can heal and somebody can come along and speak truth that she can then receive and get the healing. But again, you know, forgiveness, that's about your relationship with Jesus. That's That's between you and Jesus, you know. Rel- forgiveness does not mean restoration of relationship with right. people that have hurt you, right? Yeah. Because even in the process of separating the demonic influence from the person, them getting the healing, there's a whole renewal of mind and different pieces that have to take place, and so it's a whole. You know, when we said we can go really deep and there's layers. That's yeah, that's really. And careful. you cannot,
3: you cannot step in. And ask for forgiveness for another person for their salvation. They have to seek God themselves. Like they, ha- you can you can let them and release them, but they need to seek God for salvation. I think a lot of us, um, we have a savior complex, even with mm-hmm. like a Stockholm syndrome, where we just want to go to God and say, God, I know this person hurt me really badly. Can you forgive them? And the forgiveness, the answer is yes, He can. But each person is responsible to God to seek that, that forgiveness on their own. And that's that's sometimes very hard for a child who's in, a, in an abusive uh, family with parents who maybe are abusive and hurtful to one another and they're praying for mommy and daddy to get back together. And they're like, God, can't you just forgive them? And yeah. and that that's tough. That's a tough place because they, each person is responsible. Mommy and daddy have to go to God and ask for God to forgive them. And that's what you're talking about, CJ, where you can pray. Pray that their eyes are opened. Pray that, um, that the the demonic can't influence them. Pray that they're, they're open. And then there are people that, um, there is one scripture that says, um, there is a sin that is unto death. I do not say you should pray for it. And there right. are some people you're supposed to pray for. And my friend, Christo Elijah said something, um, there are people with the, with the if you see into the spirit realm, there are people with the Holy Spirit hovering over them. N- could be completely far agone from God, not know God from Adam, and and to be led by the Holy Spirit and who we should pray for and what prayers we should pray. And who, it's you could be asking God to pray for that homeless man underneath a bridge, or and not pray for somebody who's in your family. There, you're. We only have so much time in the day, and there are people that are not going to follow God and that's a tough road to be down and we can't make people follow Jesus and in this and I'm I'm really sensing for a lot of people who like this particular um woman who I prayed with uh who wanted to ask you know kind of I'm going to bring my mom back in and then all you know Hades breaks loose in her life because there's these demons you know attaching herself and um the story we hear about with Pastor Dave Bryant, um, with what was, it was her name. Um, Kelly, who, um, had the mom who was a witch and she didn't want to follow God. Like, she's like, no, I'm, I'm not doing it. Right. And so there's, there's times and spaces in our lives. And you guys are, I want, we're going to talk about, uh, Thanksgiving and I want to get to that, but I've got you guys here and I just feel like there's some unfinished business from, Bards Fest from Halloween in the world that we're living in, there is a heaviness and a darkness right now and everybody's kind of sensing it and feeling it. And we want to speak life to that. And teach people how to close those doors.
1: Well, I think that's what I this is one thing I want to say that I'm noticing. Every show that we do is completely different. We can come into it with all of our plans. And we just kind of threw this together. And it just so happened, we were just going to do it with Scott. But it just so happens that CJ and Rick are with Scott right now. Yeah. So, of course, CJ and Rick are going to be on our show. Well, what does that mean? That means that going into Thanksgiving, I think that a lot of you probably needed to hear a message about family. Because for, for a lot of people holidays are stress and they are terrifying just because they have they are forced to see people that you only see once or twice a year and you know that something that it's it, it historically it's just gonna be bad and so I think that that tonight's show we can talk about Thanksgiving all day long we can talk about the pilgrims we do that on our show all the time but I think this is missed in a in a lot of broadcasts from a lot of people that do shows whether it's television or movies or podcasts like ours we're in it or even just church how about maybe leading up to holidays before church you do a special night where you talk to people about how to handle dealing with your family
2: well i think you know a big part of it too is there's so many things going on when it comes to the holidays we're bombarded with the idea that it's supposed that what the perfect family is and it's supposed to be you know the this you know, Hol- holiday, the holiday hallmark moments, right? You know, everything on we're commercials and everything on TV is showing all these wonderful stories and different pieces. Well, it just isn't the real reality good, of yeah. things. You know, we've, the, we live in a fallen world where the enemy comes in and wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And so we have to deal with some of those pieces that he's damaged in our life. And how do we do that in, in a healthy way? And we, we need to invite Jesus in. We need to invite the Holy Spirit in and let him guide us. Not let, you know, spirits of abandonment, rejection, you know, accusation, offense, all those things, they come together during holidays and they, they want to have a big party and take over, Yeah, right? Wow. And so we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus at all times. What yeah. is it that, you know, that God wants for us? Well, maybe we have some unfinished emotional business when it comes to our parents, but scripture does say that we need to honor our parents, right? So what does that look like? How do we remove ourselves and still be honorable? Because at the end of the day, we treat people honorably, not because they deserve it, but we do that because we ourselves are honorable. God created us to be honorable. And we need to make those decisions based on those principles. But none of that means that you have to uh, settle or uh, degrade yourself into different situations that, you know, are unsafe or unhealthy, toxic things. Cause that's not, that's not okay either.
3: You know, it reminds me of the pilgrims, Scott, you know, they actually, <laughs> if we want to talk about getting rid of toxic relationships, they're, their epitome, they're the epitome of it. They left the church of England. They believe right. that they were called to worship God um, the way God had called them to worship, not the way the church of English had ta- taught them to worship, which was very ritualistic and they would meet together. And there was actually a law, uh, against meeting together in more than two people.
6: Uh, Sounds like so, COVID.
3: I know exactly. It was, it was just like COVID and they met in a, um, postmaster's, uh, house, uh, William Brewster, and they had to hide from the authorities who would chase them down just for meeting together. And they were the epitome of, of, you know what? We're meeting together in this group. This is our family. This is our safety. And they would have church for four hours on Sunday. They would have a sermon. And then they would have four hours of prayer and prophesying. Um, they realized it wasn't safe for them to be in England. So where did they go? They fled to Holland. And then when they were in Holland, they realized that their children were becoming um, more worldly. And so again, through this time of prayer and prophesying in this church family, uh, this group of body believers led by pastor um, John Robinson, they prayed and they asked Holy Spirit, what should we do? And then God, the Holy Spirit told them separate yourselves even farther. Don't not just go, don't go to Thanksgiving, which obviously they created the first Thanksgiving um, and they didn't do Christmas either. Just FYI. Um, so don't just separate yourself, like legit separate yourselves. And so they separated themselves. They bought two boats. One boat actually put on the the, the 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 uh ship captain put on the wrong sails on purpose. It was uh called the speedwell. And he's like, Ah, I guess these sails aren't working. Sorry guys, I'm staying. And that ship actually ended up sailing for seven more years. So uh they lost that ship that they had bought outright. They had uh, kind of rented the Mayflower. They get on the Mayflower. Uh, It's not just pilgrims. It's people who are there, adventurers, other family members, and they make their way across the ocean, away from everything and everyone that they had ever known. Um, And the purpose and and why we celebrate Thanksgiving, the first one, is a group of people that separated themselves from the world, from the Church of England, from everything that they knew, from every family member they knew. You know, uh, uh, William Bradford uh, basically, got kicked out of his family for joining this church, and he was. It's a lot of these these people know what it means to be persecuted. They know what it means to have a family that's broken. And then God created a new family, and out of this new family, this church body, this church body, God created the very first civil body politic. The Mayflower Compact is what they signed when they realized, oh, we're not going to make it to the Virginia colony. We're actually going to be starting our own colony. Well, let's speak to this really quick. You know, they were supposed to land at the Virginia colony. That's yeah. where they were headed. Yeah. Now we now
1: know, history speaks, that, that was that that colony was literally riddled with demons. Yes. Okay? And so God's like, you know what? You're not going to the demon colony. Yeah. We're gonna start your own little colony and it's gonna be based on Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so that just goes to show you that when you allow the Lord to lead your path or your ship, if it's called the Mayflower, He will protect you from the influences of uh, what the devil has planned. Yeah. You know, the devil has a plan, but God so has let, a plan. Let me just jump in here real quick yeah, because ahead, I go. think
0: you hit on something that's really important. I know we're talking about a lot of stresses in family. So I think there's two major issues right before us all. One is the the uh, scarring and outcome and consequences of COVID-con, which is real. And some of those scars are very real and they haven't gone away and so you're really having to make some hard decisions right now about how you're going to deal with this with family i know that one thing god doesn't want you to be unhappy and i think there's one of the hard things that you're going to have to come to grips with is there were decisions made on that path and if they haven't repented from that path we're not in the same space mm. so you have to start asking yourself what you're trying to accomplish and what you're actually hanging on to i don't ever dis- i don't ever want to encourage separations of family when family is so important but unfortunately the injection and COVID con and the the vax nonsense has created a separation that isn't just on the surface and it's not just political, it's truly genetic at this point in time. And And I mean that for all it is. So we have to start looking deeper into the blood and asking ourselves really who we are because God's making a spiritual family for good reason. The other thing that you talked on Leah and Michelle, and I think it's really important is this is Jeremiah 6.16, again, ancient paths. What did they do? They suffered. They mm-hmm. took risks. They were working hard. Families didn't have time to hate each other. Yeah. I think that's the part that I, if you lived in the Midwest or the North, and I, I lived up in the Northern part of Minnesota for a while. And uh, this is actually after my divorce, I moved up North to a place called Greenbush, little tiny town. And one of the families here had 20 kids, by the way. It's kind of like old school farm stuff. That was unprecedented, but there we go. But the, the thing is, it's cold winters. You get down to last winter I was there it was minus 40 in nice. for two weeks. Okay. This is like different type of living. You get in, ah. you walk from the building to your car and you're freezing. You get into your car, the heater's blowing as hot as you can on your fingers because they're starting to freeze. Ah. That's types of when you're getting into environments like this. You can have the worst relationships and people understand that you don't have room for that. That at the end of the day, you have to rely on one another in interesting ways. I mean, real ways. There's no there's no room. You, it, this is the thing you found. It was hard to get used to because you'd have people that were literally rather obnoxious in town, but everybody would tolerate each other. Behavior modification, if you will, was at a very different rate mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, that person that might be the most obnoxious person might be the one you need in the middle of the winter. And everybody knew it so you know i've always said that the best relationships and it's a bit of an exaggeration because we know that things go on behind closed doors and that's true but there is a great different value of relationships at the very least in cold climates and the climates where the risk of life is still real mm. and they didn't need cold climates but the pilgrims they did have them but they didn't need them they they just knew that the risk of life was real because they were settling something so we had a different value structure and it was a value structure of staying together. That value structure was even into the forties and fifties, right? So go ahead, Michelle.
1: No, I just, it, th- th- let <laughs> me give a little bit of an example because I'm not sure that I'm this committed. The, 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 the unity that we're talking about that first winter, over half of them died. Okay. And mm-hmm. immediately families started marrying because they knew that a family structure was more like a business. Positions needed to be filled. Male and female.
3: And so they just got married. But there was a difference in the way they took care of the sick. Yeah. So, you know, even on the ship over, uh, the, the, um, the, the sailors would make fun of the pilgrims. And when they had to separate and the, and the women stayed on board during that first winter and the men uh, tried to build a fort and it was called the, the, the Starving Winter, and everybody was just sick. They couldn't understand why the pilgrims were taking care of them. Because they had treated them because so Because they had treated them so badly. And there is this essence, you know, the pilgrims were were kind of thought to be these fuddy-duddies, uh, singing psalms to, together and hymns together. And there's this tight-knit family um, that even back then wasn't, just created out of nothing it wasn't just created um based on on weather for them it was based upon the word and the love of god and that what they brought over the candle of the holy spirit that they brought over uh we know that like the jamestown colony it failed uh because there was no love there was no light there was no there was no giving and it was just so it was you know they also didn't have a lot of women yeah that's true too and so you know when, when we're thinking about the pilgrims and and thanksgiving that first thanksgiving and every single thing that this particular group did to um to your kind of point cj of praying for those around them praying for those who persecuted them uh one of their their ardent persecutors fell off the ship he died and they actually said that was god god <laughs> is you. Like, that was god that's so awesome and vengeance is and, mine I right. shall repay. and but at the same time when they when they land and they're fil- they're forming this civil body politic the first one got in the in the western world, none and- of the other sailors made fun of them
1: after that at all because no. they all they all even this non-christian sailors
3: went oh don't touch these and people. they chose they chose a pilgrim to be their leader yeah. They chose that, and then he actually passed away that first year, and then they had elected William Bradford, uh, and that, and for the first thirty years of the colony, they kept re-electing William Bradford because of the love, because of his honesty, because of his integrity. Scott's like William Bradford. Yeah, co- yeah, for sure. And and in that colony, they would pray for their enemies. They yeah. would pray for those outside. They would pray for protection, but they also built a fort. You know, they were wise about who they made uh, allegiances with and who they made alliances with. They made alliances with the Wampanoag. Uh, and, and, and we just talked about that in our, in in the previous segment, if you guys didn't see that, where chief Massasoit actually, uh, came to know Jesus because of the love of Edward Winslow, one of the pilgrims who walked 40 miles when he heard he was dying and he actually brought him back to life. He scraped his tongue. It was a fungus or something growing old in his mouth and he scraped his tongue, he scraped his tongue and and he, and he saved his life. They thought he was going to die. And that's the kind of love that you have. Um, and, and, and the wisdom and, and the discerning of spirits to who you let in. Because there were other tribes that wanted them dead. And they aligned with the Wampanoag. And, and this particular allegiance saved them from these other tribes. And um, so in navigating these particular relationships, and when we're talking about deliverance, uh, when we're talking about not letting those demonic forces back into your life and living in victory. Um, you know, either Scott or CJ coming, uh, speaking, when you when you remove those kind of extra um, external forces that are um, causing the demons, right? Causing the pain, causing the turmoil, then you've got to deal with it inside um, inside of yourself. And how do you change from a survivor to the overcomer? What does that process even look like?
2: That's good.
3: Well, one,
2: one piece is you mentioned earlier triggers getting triggered you know so many things right now if someone says oh i had to leave i I was triggered or what different pieces you know that you don't need to always run away from triggers you being triggered is actually a good thing it's not something to stop and and head away run away from if you're still being triggered by something That's an opportunity to invite Jesus in, to heal that part of of you that that
3: needs healing. Amen. So that is one part.
0: I think that one of the big things when we are dealing with, um, in dealing especially with demonic issues and the influences of these, I think it's hard for people to realize, as we were talking before, that it's not necessarily possession, but it's influences. And it's also, they, they tie in with scars and binds that we make spiritually. So a lot of this, that when you start to look at the effectiveness, and I, I wanted to go back to something you said, Michelle, because I think it leads in here pretty well. And you were talking about, you didn't even know if you were as committed, we deal with the issues of marriage and, and, and that, how they were remarrying and re-knitting together relationships. There's some fundamental things that none of us have ever faced. One of them is extinction. And they were literally facing extinction. If they didn't survive, that entire group is going away. So your value structures are going to shift. I had a long discussion about this the other day about the pilgrims because there is a suggestion when you look at the number of men to the number of women that those marriages had to be either made and broken and made again because they needed more, they had more women than men, or they had to marry more than one wife. And that's not being Mormon. So it's an interesting thing to ask: of what's the covenant they came up with, and how did they redeal with that with God? Because somewhere in there, there's an answer, and I don't know what that is, but I think it's very fascinating in this scriptural sense because God doesn't want to see His children be extinct either. Yeah. And so the, what this I think gets to is something much higher level that we we've talked about, but we and we especially when we talk about family revolution, we're talking about. But I think it gets to the core of this: they're not anchoring their love in the flesh. They're anchoring their love in the Holy Spirit and the love for God and through God. So with that, I think that what happens in a moment like this, and this is purely conjecture, so I want to be clear because I don't have anything to back this up. I'm just looking at outcome. When you look at that, you say, okay, well, how can you get from being married to somebody, losing half of your colony, being left with a handful of men and more women, and then prospering? Wow. Wow. And you can work that through iterations all you want. You can come up with a couple of things that'll be that you can lead to. You can come up with the idea of a Jim Jones cult.
3: You wait. The, among... There were more men than women. Did you say there were more women than men?
0: I my, my my okay my yeah, mistake. Yeah, there were okay, very so few
3: women left. Um, there were so half same problem. The women died, and and it was yeah. There were very few women left.
0: No, that's the that's
6: problem.
1: The though. That that's existentially the problem. Yeah. If there had been more women than men, yeah then we would be
3: fine,
0: yeah. Okay, but then even then, if you're gonna keep with, every one of these people is gonna have, I'm just being raw here, every one of these people is gonna have a principle of animal husbandry behind them, mm-hmm. it's the times. And you're going to know that you're gonna to have to have diversity in order to keep that going. So I'm saying is, I'm not saying they did this, but it would seem interesting, I would be, I would wonder if a woman had to remarry several times, is my point. If I don't her know husband died. Well, I'm not even if they were died. If her husband died, she remarried. And then if she would marry married a man, is she going to have? To, is she going to? It was did she have a child with another man as well?
3: No, no, Mm-mm. no. Okay. They they believed in the covenant. So that's the difference between them and some sort of pagan cult. These were okay. covenant believers who believed in the covenant of God. And what's interesting is they did leave half of their brothers and sisters behind, and they came like the next year and the next year after that. And then uh, the, throughout the next ten years, there was about sixty thousand people that came over from the the um Puritans okay. and they filled up into New Hampshire and the other places. And so but in that in their particular colony, um it it was very interesting because you do see a particular a marriage um, that resulted one one um, woman we have that fold out somewhere you can see I can't where can't find it we did where it the families it's
0: a really part. good yeah. fold out. So just yeah. so I say this, because Michelle and Leah did a fantastic job at this, at the the event, which is the, your covenant event. And, and and what they did is in the crowd, they had the crowd stand up. And then they counted off first the number of people that the pilgrims were that, that stood up. And then they counted off by men and women the number of people that had died. Mm-hmm. And when you see that visually and right before you, it's stunning to remember, to consider how many people died. Yeah. And we had them
1: sit down. We'd like, yeah. like right. literally every other down. person, like boom, boom, boom. Cause we had roughly the amount of people, the pilgrims <laughs> came over. I think it was 102 and they ended up with 51. 51, that Right. Survived. So I mean,
0: For that time in time. itself is shocking. Yeah. So then, I mean, so to your point, Michelle, just even rebuilding some of these relationships, which I think is amazing. I think there's a couple of things that we all have to kind of address. One, there is, a greater love for thee than for the flesh. I yeah. think that happens because there's a greater commitment, and we see that too in older groups. Because very traditionally, if a if a brother died, another brother would step in often to take care of the family and to make sure that the woman was not left as a widow.
1: And what's and what's interesting that I was saying about the pilgrims is that they just literally they just married because you would need this is a this is I think it happened like two other two times. I think it so happened. So
3: four entire families were completely lost. Um, and then a dozen men lost their wives to illness and William Bradford, actually the first woman to die was his wife. She literally fell overboard and her dress was too heavy and she just drowned when they landed. This is from, we got to meet, um, Michelle Gallagher is a historian, and she's put together a beautiful uh, pilgrimage. I have the link to that, actually, on
1: the website. Uh, I have I have a lot of links, The um, rescuedbylove.net, which is um, CJ and Rick's website. All the links for the speakers from earlier, and then um, everybody here tonight is on in the description and then also on our website, so you guys can check that out. So, Scott, you wanted to tell a story about CJ. Do you want to get back to that?
0: I, I need a CJ's permission, so can I?
2: Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> okay, no, <I'm, laughs> uh, how you say no it's it's
0: not, to Scott's well, but What we were talking about, and the way this came about was um, you were saying, I think Leah said it, that they don't want to let you go. Mm. And when you go through the level of abuse that CJ's had, it's not just physical not letting you go. It's also mm. demonic not letting you go. Yeah. So <laughs> we, were, we were in Isaiah 61, and there was something really weird going on. And I, I found it with myself first. I don't remember what its spirit was. CJ was, it was um, a spirit was just absolutely making me totally irritated. Mm-hmm. And I'd gone from, we'd gone from this place of like really loving on people to all of a sudden, like straight up irritation and anger. And I stepped out because I said, something's wrong. It doesn't feel right. Something shifted. And I went outside and I, I leaned up against the post. And I just, I always say this is God gave me something really amazing. Cause just as I did that The elementary and high school kids came up who I just spoken to that morning and they just started talking to me and loving on me. And it's like it all dissipated. And I stepped back in and the same thing hit me. So I grabbed Brian. I said, Brian, something's up. And he, he looks at me and he says, Okay, let's get into my office right now. And he found it. And it was, I don't remember what the spirit was. It was something that was causing massive irritation. And so CJ had mentioned, she said, Well, I was feeling the same thing. So there's a series of events that happens because we were, that's exactly when we were going to go take care of as we're on our way out. And we ended up with this like most incredibly difficult and massive deliverance moment where CJ and I are literally working for an hour and a half with this one young lady who has been Masonic torture, Rachel rape, rape abuse person. And uh, we get into some pretty intense stuff, which was pretty cool. In the end of the day, and she got baptized and she got saved and it was all sorts of great things that happened out of it. So it was really cool. It's that. So next day, we're at Brian, or that night, we we're at Brian and Alicia's house. And we're talking about the spirit. And this is what I'm trying to get at is CJ has gone through an enormous amount of work with Rick and they have done work together. And it's just amazing that the, if you, when you get to hear their stories, just how much CJ has been through and where she is, but there's still wounds. I think that'd be fair to say, wouldn't it be CJ? Yeah, absolutely. There's, absolutely. there's wounds that things they try to leverage and what's happened that night is that spirit that we knew was there manifested in cj mm. and literally if you've never seen a manifestation well, you'll have a surprise that's all i can say cj starts talking differently her body starts contorting and it took all of us all of us to get that thing out but it's because that don't ever want to let her go. And this is something I'm trying to really create some understanding and and a higher level of empathy here because the type of torture and ritual abuse that CJ's gone through leaves an echo that's very, very hard to always escape. Mm. And and she's doing an amazing job of moving away from it. But we're dealing with pure evil here, absolutely pure evil, that never, ever, ever wants you to be free. Mm. And so this is where literally coming full circle this is what's a beautiful time about family because with family you can circle around and they Mm -hmm. will never succeed and so what was really awesome to watch there and the only thing just so i say it that was missing was michelle and leah because we had the whole family there by the way and that was the only thing missing because we had brian and alicia we had myself rick and cj and we needed we didn't have the controls and we didn't have michelle and leah But other than that, it was there. And everybody came around.
1: You sent a picture.
0: Yeah, Yeah, you were. You were there in the spirit. I'm just saying. So, but you just, we all just circled around. Mm. And there's, this is also, I just want to give a real big hat tip to Rick because he's the most awesome. I would, when you look at a man who is a husband like this, he is truly like above level. And it's because Rick, when he, he trusts people around there. And because when you're doing a deliverance like this, there's some really close inner space you have to deal with, okay? You've got to get into people. And especially the way I do deliverance is I I literally get in and I touch and I hug and I speak. And as it happened, because CJ and I worked at one problem, I was called to get in there right then. And and the beautiful thing is like, Rick is just right there praying. And there's no hesitation because the, the objective here is CJ. We got to get her back and, and just hat tip to Rick because he's just, he's, well, we're having Thanksgiving together. So I'm pretty blessed. What mm-hmm. can I say? Mm-hmm. It's cool. And, and it just, it just takes an amazing husband to be with CJ. And if you know their story, which that's up to them, if they want to tell you want to talk about a great Thanksgiving story, that's CJ and Rick and the long story of how they came together and the dedication Rick gave literally for years and do with no other purpose than just to love on her and to get, get her out of the place she was at. And, and that shows, that's just, and that's the sort of thing that we get back to family, which is what we're about is family What Thanksgiving's about is getting to the root, getting to the families are strong, having that trust and respect for one another. And if you're and just to kind of highlight that again with Leah said, if you're having, or Michelle as well, if you're having anxiety right now over Thanksgiving, you yeah. got to recalibrate, man. That's all I can say. It's just, this should not be a time that you are concerned about that. By the way, I just got news from Cantrells. They're in Arizona. They have arrived.
3: Oh, mm-hmm. praise God. Yay.
0: They you left know- yesterday, and they just arrived.
3: So I have a story funny. about uh, 10. Uh, uh, Scott, oh. are you done?
0: Yes, I am. That was my one of my rants that I'm sure Speaking
3: that Speaking of the Cantrells, though, rant. I have a story about 10 kids, Plymouth kids. Okay. So um, this kind of need sh- me to go do the dogs and no. bring Matt in as a stand-in. No, we're good. Hang on. Sure. I'll, yeah, okay. I'll leave in a second. Uh, you don't need to go anywhere. I I think they're fine. I'm- they'll be fine. Okay, they'll be fine. So this is um, this is an interesting story. There's a young man named John Howland, and he was um, he was a manservant to John Carver, and during the voyage, he uh, rashly ventured above deck for fresh air despite the stormy conditions, a decision he would soon regret. And this is a quote from uh, Bradford's History. He says, Once as they thus lay a hull in a terrible storm, and a strong young man called John Howland coming on deck was thrown into the sea. But it pleased God that he caught hold of the top, sail ballyards, and hung overboard and ran out at length. But as he kept his hold, though, he was several fathoms underwater till he was hauled up by the rope and then with a boat hook helped into the ship and saved. And though he was somewhat ill from it, he lived many years and became a profitable member of both church and commonwealth. And so here this young man is and God saves his life um, and he gets he, several feet below water. He is miraculously found on the ship's trailing rope and he's pulled up with the boat hook. After surviving this near-death experience, he went on to be one of the original 41 signers of the Mayflower Compact when the ship reached land. He survived the first deadly winter at Plymouth uh, Colony, and uh, when Governor Carver unexpectedly died the following spring, he was freed, and he was given his freedom. He married Elizabeth Tilly, and they had 10 children together, and there are many descendants from John Howland. Including Stacy, who was just on our previous segment. Yeah.
0: And children, yeah, that's, that's and see, Stacey, that, that who's on normal. our
3: segment, is a descendant of this of this man, and so these are the these are the kind of weaving in of stories. And you talked about family. Uh, this is another quote uh, from uh, William Bradford, "The First Winter." In the time of worst distress, there were but six or seven sound persons who, to their great com- com- commendation, be it spoken, spared no pains night or day. But with great toil and risk of their own health, because everybody's sick and it's, you know, contagious, fetched wood, made fires, prepared food for the sick, made their beds, washed their infected clothes, dressed and undressed them in a word, did all the homely and necessary services for them, which dainty and queasy stomachs cannot a- a- endure to to hear mentioned all this they did willingly and cheerfully without the least grudging showing their love for their friends and their brethren a rare example and worthy to be remembered two of those people were captain miles standish and elder william brewster uh who came who was a you know he would be like the you know the brad cummings of the group um coming in you know the the wealthy landowner. i'm trying to I'm, I'm picturing brad i know you could do it i know that you could chop the wood make the fires wash the um dysentery soiled clothes with no yeah. thought to your own health yes you totally would by hand no washing machine amen
0: leave it to leah anything else leah you want to try
3: i i can see it because he loves people no, he really does. And that's that's the point. That's what family is. And that's that's the point that Jesus was trying to make about family. And so I know a lot of you feel like your family is your family, but Jesus was really, really, really he hammered this home. Who are yeah. my mother, my brothers and sisters, but those who do the will of God? That's really good. And we have in the and the early Christian church, they understood this. They understood come out from amongst them and be separate. Um, that the that, that there is a that's why Christians call each other brother and sister, because CJ knows that while I may not know her very well, I don't think I met her in person. My sister did. Um, but if there's a situation, I'm going to have her back. There, there's family mm-hmm. members. They, they don't have my back. That's they good. don't. They don't know because that's not. We're, we're transferred from this world, that's right? And. And we're entered into the kingdom. And so now when you're looking at that family that you've been put into, um, that may not be your family. And maybe it is, and God wants it to be. Actually, it should be. But sometimes it's not. And um, CJ, you were talking about you've been kind of adopted into another family. Is that correct? Well, I've
2: been adopted into a few families. But no, um, my, you know, my... Going through my healing process, my mom had remarried when I was uh, 18. And during that time, when I was 40, he actually legally adopted me. Mm, wow. And so he didn't even know that you could, you know, adopt an adult like that, but you can. And, you know, it it changed a lot of things for me. You know, it, it was before Rick and I started dating and the Lord was restoring the order in my life and um, showing me and demonstrating to me what the love of a father really is. Mm.
4: Well, and if I can say, you know, one of the core things that you carried was that you were a monster
1: mm-hmm. that you
4: came from a monster.
1: Wow. And
4: that was a core identity piece that yeah. had plagued her for, you know, 30 years. Yeah. And when, when your poppy, when he adopted you, it, it, you really got that, right? I've got a new name. I've got a new birth certificate. I am no longer identified and tied to this man. Right. And that was a it was a huge piece and her identity healed up.
2: Yeah. And I was wanted and, and loved right. for the right reasons.
4: Yeah. So. Good. He did didn't want to use you or abuse you. Right.
1: You know, if, I want good. to speak to this really quick because you just said something that's really interesting. And let's, I, just because we can, we can talk about whatever we want. It's our show. Um, you you said, that it's very fascinating, CJ thinking that she was a monster. I have used that exact same phrase mm. about myself, have I not, over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have such a violence that are had that comes
3: from my dad. Quantify. And so some people, some people have violence violence but there's an anger that an anger and a is violence. not you is what you mean exactly
1: yeah. and so i want to compare C, cj's experience which she hasn't listed here but you can go back and watch i think that the um the tiktok version of that has scott what are we at on on the views of that for cj oh, it's well over a million so you can go back and watch that on the bards fm tiktok um and yep. and watch the entire testimony of cj from uh bards fest which is so so mm. f- incredible the devil will speak to you, and it, and he will make you believe. No matter whether you are you come from CJ's satanic ritual abuse background and everything that she suffered, mm. or whether you have uh, c- comparatively a, a pin drop of of that abuse in your childhood, the devil's going to make you feel like it's the exact same thing. Mm. And so that so we know that the devil is a liar. So he's lying to CJ. CJ is not a monster. He's lying to me. I Mm -hmm. am not a monster because the devil is a liar from the beginning. Okay. So you need to also recognize that it doesn't, your past, what you went through does not define who you are. Your garment of salvation does. Yeah. Okay. And so the devil will lie to you and say, but your past garment was filthy and it's dirtying your garment of salvation. I'm going to say something. This is prophetic. Your past garment cannot touch your garment of salvation. Mm -hmm. It's literally Teflon. Yeah. Nothing gets on it. Nothing stains it whatsoever. So anything yeah. that the devil would have you believe about your past or what you've gone through, it is a lie. Yeah. And 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 receive that tonight, guys, because CJ is not a monster and Michelle is not a monster. Okay, we are princesses of the Most High God. And we walk around with an authority that kicks the devil back to the lake of fire. So that's yeah. who we are that's who cj is so i just wanted to speak to that because that it was very striking to me when rick said that um about you saying that about about being a monster i'm like well i've heard that before the devil has no new tricks he has no new lines they're all pickup lines they're all the same ones he will use them no matter what on whoever <laughs>
0: yeah i mean it gets back to a lot of what we're dealing with here when we start talking about the influences of, of demonic their playbook's pretty much consistent yeah it's not it's not anything you can And so I think when you start to live a life and you start to see consistent patterns, you have to start paying attention to what that is because it's trying to take you down with the same playbook. Family is one of those areas that obviously is important to us all. And I think it's important to highlight here. And and I I think we're all in agreement, but I think it's also worth saying this. This isn't about breaking up family, but it's about being real about what family is. Because family should be enriching and should be great. and, And God truly wants family to be that experience and on these days like this holidays can be very stressful in particular in this time of year and there's uh, whether it's the issues of money politics covid con whatever residual issues and and the other thing let's just be real there's been more sickness and death than we've ever imagined right now though it mm-hmm. keeps getting buried under the media right. so the the hopefully if you're with a stressful situation in the family I guess I would say it this way, and I think it's worth definitely praying into a little bit here. Um, We really need to be praying into the fact that people can go to these meetings and bring the Holy Spirit with them and heal. That's really good. Because that's really the greatest power that we're going to have. I understand stress, and so I guess I would say it two ways. If it's really a dramatic issue where you've been abused and you're going back into the home of your abusers, probably not a good deal. But if we're yeah. dealing with the separations for like COVID con and other nonsense stuff like this, where there's wounds, man, I wouldn't be walking in with the power of Jesus. I'd be praying into it. I'd be talking about healing and I'd be talking about healing people and try to lead prayer at the table. And I would continually fight to bring the stories back to Jesus. And, you know, for those families that are mixed and confused with LGBT garbage that's going on and there's plenty of that, you're, you're going to face the devil.
5: Yeah,
0: You're going to face demons like you've never faced because all of that is not of the flesh. That is purely demonic driven. Mm. So choose your fights. But there's one thing that's very real is that you can get involved with these conversations and carrying love in your heart. And even that, and that's one of the greatest ways to overcome the demonic. And remember, if you have love in your heart, and somebody manifests and goes crazy. It's not on you, it's them. Yeah. I don't have to say it. I mean, there, it, it, if you've ever seen manifestation, I'd say this you don't have to worry about whose fault it is. They're not going to be blaming you. You're just going to step back and go, whoa, let me pray for you. Yeah, Because the rest of that's going to come out. And, and the truth will be revealed. And it isn't that you're pointing the finger at the person. As we talk about constantly here. This isn't the fault. And maybe this is a kind of the best way to wrap this coming up. We're stepping aside from the abuser comment. We're looking at just dysfunction, really. And in a family, dysfunction. And especially radical dysfunction, we get into this kind of these alternate lifestyle, woke, rainbow, garbage stuff that's going on. That's demonic dysfunction. Wow. And so let's really take it to task. Use these opportunities to walk in with love and be Jesus for a moment. And remember that when Jesus came up to the man that was in chains and he cast a, a legion, he didn't have to do anything else to show his face.
5: Mm.
0: And they're like, we want out of here. Be that person.
5: Yeah.
0: And let them, let it shake the table, let it shake the family to where they can see what it was. And carry love in your heart and let that build the bridges of the family and then when you're done with all that stuff, cut yourself a piece of pineapple or a piece of pumpkin pie with some ice cream and sit down and watch the storm and say, yeah, thank you, Jesus.
2: You know, <laughs> uh, oh, can I add something kind of to that? You know, we've, we've talked a lot about the, the stresses of, of things, but I also want to come back to, you know, Jesus is the Prince of peace. Amen. And yeah, very we, good. we are all powerful people created by God, the one creator. And so we get to make a decision, too, as to whether or not we are going to be in peace Mm -hmm. or out of peace. You know, we give too much power to other things and saying, you know, oh, they did this and then I got all worked up. But we get to decide whether or not we they can't pull us out of peace. We we can if we get out of peace, we need to make the choice to step back into peace, step back into the covering of God because we've allowed ourselves to come out, you know, and Scott was talking about love. We named our ministry rescued by love, love because it. it is the the love of God Amen. and yeah. how he showed up in so many different ways. And, and he is who rescued me.
0: Yeah. I think that's really great. Uh, CJ. I really do. I think that if there's anything that I would just say, if you're going and let's just you know kind of take this and Lee, I'm not, I'm not separating what you're talking about, especially when we deal with some of the, like the abuse and trigger stuff. But I think we have to, when we're looking at the dysfunction of family and the stresses and if you're stressed because, you know, your sister's got, has got a woman as a partner or, or you've got a brother that's turned to be gay and you're going to talk about, you know, crazy politics and if that's all that's going to be on the table and it's going to ruin your weekend. then I would, I would question maybe why you're going to go. Cause it, it's, but if you've got an opportunity to have conversations and you have an opportunity to walk in truly, with Jesus in your heart. That's
5: good.
0: I just see that as opportunity of salvation. And this is an opportunity you can bring and, and and get over be an overcomer, literally. Like let's walk into that table, let's pour it out and let's see what happens. And and maybe it won't work. I don't know. But I you know, I know that Jesus can conquer all and when we can do that.
1: I want to jump in on there on that. And this is um I, I want to give you guys kind of your measure for, for, for this. Okay, for how do you defend how do you differentiate between what Scott's talking about because you want to just head right in and be able to to do all of that <laughs> there's a difference between if you are a a victim of trauma and the, and your abuser is going to be there and the idea of going to this event has you in fits now this may not be a you may not be a victim of childhood trauma from this person this could be a mother-in-law this could be a brother-in-law just the, all of your interactions it's abuse 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 and You may be the type of person that you're ready now and you feel really good and you feel anointed and you feel called by God. Go in, take the land, take the person. You're going to lead them to Jesus. That is 100% what you should do.
3: Mm -hmm. But
1: you can tell if tonight you're thinking about tomorrow and your stomach is in knots and your heart is beating fast and you're talking and you're having conversations with your spouse or your friends. I just don't want to go. Don't go.
0: Yeah. That's Otherwise, it'll be like about. The Shining or something.
3: Yes. You know, speaking, uh, you're talking about, uh, CJ, about how we live in victory. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of wanted to to bring it back to why we are celebrating Thanksgiving, because we have the victory, because other people suffered through great trauma. And so... Um, In the 17th century England, the prisons of London were crammed with innocent people whose only crime was the sincerity of their Christian faith. Without benefit of habeas corpus, they had been thrown into jail by any bishop who suspected of their nonconformity. Separatists were routinely rooted out by government spies or worse, betrayed by those who were closest to them, such as family members and friends. Once captured, they were thrown into prison so foul, so disease-ridden, that few could survive an extended stay. With nothing but filthy straw to lie on, with no provision for human waste, no heat, indifferent to positively rotten food, the strongest man soon succumbed. Here, uh, uh, when we're talking about the monument, uh, which we went to go see, um, you can see uh, Liberty Man here, and you can see... um, the the broken chains represent the overthrow of England's res, re, religious tyranny, where nonconformists were jailed for treason. And this is the, the foot of, of Liberty Man here on the monument there in Plymouth, which I highly recommend everybody take a pilgrimage to go and see. And this is a quote from which William. we just committed to doing this year. Yeah, so about, uh, we were discussing. It. Are, you,
0: are you going again?
3: We're discussing it. We do. We have many in people. In the previous segment, it kind of came up that we, we have would many do it people this year. who would like it to go again. Uh, so you're so going to do
0: another you're going to do another one another rally up there
3: that's what a lot of people would like us to do you
1: know what that would mean though scott Kesterson. Then you're going to i know exactly yeah. what that would mean that's why <laughs>
0: yeah. like kind of keep me in the loop yeah yeah
3: this is just kind of came out uh, <laughs> just kind of yeah, came so out well we're, we're, we're praying yeah, on just this. kind
0: of yeah. slipped yeah. there that one dropped that so bomb william bradford there, says
3: uh it was not even necessary to commit an overt act of separation from the church of england to be severely punished george cotton For hearing a portion of scripture read in a friend's house, was thrown into prison for 27 months without being brought to trial. If a man's family should refuse to attend church, he could be thrown into jail merely for harboring his own kin. In order to convict in prison separatist preachers, the bishops were willing to go beyond the bounds of fair play, in London, 42 preachers were employed as detectives to visit the prisoners, engage them in conversation, and try to lure them into saying something that could be used as evidence against, against them. And recognizing how far we've come in uh, a few hundred years, other people bled, other people died, they came to America, they set up this this country, um, they, they dedicated their lives, their fortunes and sacred honors, they prayed in the spirit, they allowed themselves to be offered up as a sacrifice. Um, the I think only four wives were left. Um, I don't know how many women exactly were left at the end of the winter. Over half of them died, so I think about ten were left. Um, the The idea that our lives are not our own, that we are offering up our lives as, as sacrifices, and asking Holy Spirit, where do I, where, where am I supposed to be today? You know, if it, the safest place to be is in, you can be in the bowel of the belly of the serpent. If that's where God's asked you to be, if you're in communist China or the, wherever the it you're is. Looking
1: for is, the safest place to be is in the will of God, the
3: will of God. Exactly. And you could be there. The safest place to be is in the will of God, no matter where you're at, whether you're on a ship coming over the seas um, and you, you're going to die. You know, or you're going to live. And, and so recognizing that that very that was a very hard winter for them that they came over. They have endured such hardship, such trials. But the, the whole point of that first Thanksgiving was that that next year. God granted them an abundance harvest. That next year, they had a 50-year peace treaty with the Wampanoag uh, Native Americans. That next year, the, the the Native Americans, I think, bought 300 people, and they brought a bunch of food, and they played games, and they actually had... Um, Uh, you know, competitions with the native American shooting competitions, racing competitions. And a lot of them got saved and, and many. Yeah. And, and that is the providence we talked about on our previous segment, the providence of God. And so recognizing whether you're supposed to go, we have to get ourselves out of, I do this thing because this is what my family does. That's really good. Okay. And you do the thing because Holy Spirit's telling you to do it. You go to the place because Holy Spirit's telling you to do that because you need to find yourself in the providence of God. God in his hand, in his leading and his guidings and break off the chains of England, break off the chains of the, of any sort of of expectations that your family has over you. Your expectation that is on you is comes from above. You are commissioned by him. And if you're commissioned by him to go, to go witnessed in Ukraine to, you know, Nazis, I don't care. It, you've got to be led by the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's the breaking off of the, the mindsets and the chains in your brain. That's kind of what I'm, I'm hoping that you come away with tonight is that you are not bound by the traditions of man. You're not bound by family traditions. You're not bound by Again. any sort of thing around you. You're not bound to anything. You, can, you have given your life to Christ. Paul said, I throw everything behind. I am a slave to him. And so if Holy Spirit is saying, go somewhere, it's going to be for your benefit. And you're going to go in the power of God. You're going to go to the will of God. You're going to the glory of God. And Come if Holy on. Spirit says, full stop, don't go, you don't go. Wow. And this is the movement that we're taking because we're entering to a realm where we need to hear Holy Spirit so clearly, whether to go right or to go left. And we can't think anymore with our brains. We can't logically think. We can't just go because we always do the thing. Come on. Okay? Because if you always do the thing, we're gonna end up where we've where or our nation has gotten so far away. These people did not do the thing. <laughs> they didn't do what was expected of them. They did what was expected of them. Oh, okay? And so when you do what is expected of you, then you get demons cast out. You become a minister of the gospel and you go and set captives free. And you ask Holy Spirit like CJ and Rick and and and, and like the Cantrells, where am I going today, God? Am I going to cast demons out? Am I going to go witness? What am I doing? My hands are yours. My voice is yours. And then you're in that realm of safety. But if you're going in your flesh because you desire to do the thing because this is what you do, you could get yourself in a heap of trouble. Because we're, the safeties, this is the word the Lord gave me for this year, the safeties are off. That's right. We have been, we've had training wheels on as Christians. But as, as we enter into that realm, if you guys have ever seen the Chronicles of Narnia, um, as aslin came was was coming in then the the white witch got um her her evil ex, ex, ex um expounded itself and it expanded itself and more
0: people she got were upgraded.
3: Getting hurt right and so we're seeing a level of demonic activity that that we haven't seen before. Demons are doing things and they're and they're attacking you through family members. Boom, 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 boom. They're trying to find any way in, like you talked about, CJ. If you've got a hole, that snake's coming in. And so you've got to get yourself in a place where you're you're just you hear him so clearly, and you're you're not listening to any other voice but his voice. Because if you are making a difference. I guarantee you, there is a strategy to take you out.
0: Yep, it's your statement, and you and cannot
3: just walk through life anymore. What do you got, Seth nope.
0: Well, I think that's just—I think Leah just hit it. I mean, things have changed. You know, I think this is what we've we've talked a lot about, which is it's not business as normal anymore. It's not business as usual. Okay. Um, it, if you want to walk in the crowd of where things are normal. There's a sea of that out there. You've got Walmart still open and you've got all sorts of things like Arby's and McDonald's, but if you're going to be walking in the world with Holy spirit, and you're gonna be walking in the world with Jesus, this game has changed mm. and your expectations have changed and how you put, and how you walk on this world changes because you're not of this world. You, you're part of the, you're part of those priests and princes. Now, you're being called to be the men and women of God to stand up and be mighty. And that's what we're talking about here at the bottom line is laying it all down. Are you going to lay it all down for Jesus? Are you going to lay it all down for your favorite pie and a bunch of family infighting? I mean, I'm just being honest. I don't, you know, like, oh, I I, I can't stand the family, but I sure like the pecan pie. You know, that's cool. I got a
3: word as you're talking. If you go along to get along you're going to get rolled over by the, 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 the by the enemy. Wow. Oh, 100%. Do not 100%. go along to get along. That that day is over. <laughs> the devil will eat you alive. Okay? please I'm
0: going to go with your word. When you say all stops are off, I don't think that's coming. I think it's now. Oh, yeah. And I, I think that where we are, we're sitting in a place now where you literally have to throw it all in. And so, you know, we've had these things, like we talk about Isaiah 61, where CJ and I were, and then we talk about events that we've had whether it's bars fest or whether that's that rally you guys had up at, outside your the small little festival you had or if we did one the night of the 31st we talk about these events and we, they almost become like anomalies in the world you're like oh okay that's cool and, and in isaiah, isaiah 61 you just bring in the people that have demons <laughs> and it's like then that then that odds on that are pretty phenomenal
5: Does it? because that
0: means like they're Demons don't want to go to Isaiah 61. I just want to be clear. Yes, me, they, they don't want, they don't, especially if you're teamed up with some powerful people, you're going to be, they're going to it be takes a lot
2: to get there. I'm sure.
0: Right. So, you know, when we look at these events, you start saying anomalies, what you need to start saying is this is actually what we're not seeing. Mm. And this is the heard. truth of, and this is why I'm with Leah. And, and in that word, all stops are off because the demonic is in a panic attack right now. They know that this is their last leg of survival. And there's a whole bunch of people out here. I won't say a whole bunch. There's enough people out here that see them and are coming after them and hunting them, but they're going to come after you. And you have to make a choice really whom you serve and in your heart. So whatever your heart is in Thanksgiving, I mean, let it it be that of the Holy Spirit. And Leah just said that. Follow that. Don't be stressed. I don't know what stress looks like when you're there. I mean, because I don't. I mean, I'm really honest. When you follow that, there's no stress. There might be some burn off. Like your silver and draw stuff, where you're going to start to feel the, the excess of, it's not God being taken from you. That's okay. Might suck a little bit, but it's going to be really good when you, when you get through it. But at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is truly the love of God. And that's what this whole week and the whole day should be. And really, I mean, I, I I like, I guess I'm one of these things. I love the day and I love the meal. Okay, Honestly, I like the coming together of fellowship. But what I don't like about these events is because they become the day and a meal. Rather than becoming life, mm-hmm. because really Thanksgiving is a great day to come together and remember and to symbolize it, the symbology, whether it's the exact date or not, is really the pilgrims, which is cool and it's harvest and it's about a really great story and great memories and great things to celebrate, and it should be about the celebration of family, and I hope it is for everybody. But we also know that in this time that that's not always true. But take Thanksgiving, and this is what Leah said before the the event on the 31st and next year, we're going to make all of October Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're going to make all of November celebration. So we par- can be harvest.
3: outside.
0: Right. So and we then can I'm actually
3: like... celebrate the harvest.
0: Right. And that, and when I see that, I'm like, okay, that's good. Because that means every day in that month is a celebration. We take it back.
3: Yeah. And making right. it about joy. There's something very, ugh. There's something very weird about Thanksgiving being, on this date. And when I started to think about how the pilgrims actually did Thanksgiving, we're not doing it that way. They had games, they were outside. It was more in September. Um, they, they were outside. And so I want to move. I'm like, if I'm president of the United States, I'm moving Thanksgiving to October and Mm -hmm. so that everybody can be outside and enjoy the harvest. And the idea of Thanksgiving is supposed to be, wow. Do you know what God helped us grow this year? wow, I'm so grateful. Let me share it with you. Let me show you what he's done. Let me, let us thank him. And, um, the idea of, of Thanksgiving, um, being kind of commercialized and, and about this kind of family get together, somehow we've, we've moved. And this is kind of word that I'm just getting, um, is that we've replaced the idea of thanking God for the celebration of almost an idol of family. And when you put up your family as an idol, um, then you're not worshiping God and your eyes aren't on him. And that's why we have all these stressors. And that's the same thing around Christmas. If people are getting together because they're worshiping and celebrating, you can't get in arguments if you're literally there because you're like, oh, I'd like to celebrate Jesus' birthday. Okay. You're getting in arguments because everybody's like, I didn't get the Mattel, you know, power wheel thing. And, you know, I didn't get the thing that I wanted, you know, but if every, if you are just with people who are literally just celebrating Jesus' birthday, you're not gonna get in arguments. And if you are literally with people who are just like, oh, you know what I did this year? I grew all these butternut squashes. Let me share them with you. There's not gonna be tension. There's not gonna be family drama because you're literally there because you're so excited just like on the first Thanksgiving, hey, we made it through. We're alive this year. That's exciting. You know, you're just excited to be alive and you're excited to see what God's doing. And so when you're actually there, like you almost have to have like a check mark. Are you here to be thankful? Because if you're not, you don't get a ticket. (laughs) Come in when you get your little big boy thankful panties on, okay? Because everybody gets to the door when they can say thank you to God. (laughs) That's
0: good. That's good, Leah. Rick, what do you got? I was going to say, I think you should
4: market the big boy thank you pennies.
5: <laughs> you're
3: going to be thankful.
4: Sorry, you're going to be the corner
5: until
3: you're thankful. <laughs> That's so good. You can think of something to thank God for. <laughs> and it sorry. changes the whole mood, right?
4: I was a youth pastor for 20 years. I just, I say the wrong thing. You,
3: then they're all the right things, Rick. You say yeah, all right things, things. Things, the things. You of know everything. we are. No we're totally that. like not politically correct. And I'm thinking about. It. I'm like as I'm just talking to you guys. I'm like revamping this. Why? Here's the thing. We're supposed to be being thankful to God. Yeah. If you have a room full of people that are have a truly heart of thankfulness, you're not going to have the trauma. And so you can literally bring in, like, at, if, if it's at your house, you can literally say, God, and this is what I pray when I have people come over. I say, God, please don't let anybody come over that you don't want to be here. Christ, we do. Oh, my I'm gosh. Like, yes, we do. Don't let anybody in my home that's not supposed to We're... be here if they have an evil intentions. Yes. I just pray the blood of Jesus over my house. Nobody's coming into my house without evil, with and evil intentions. And that happens consistently. And not even just our house. Events that we go at that we do, we pray and we say, if God, if there's anybody
1: that's not supposed to be here, I pray that you stop them from being there in and the name so,
3: of Jesus. This is what we can all pray. Lord, I pray that if I'm getting together with people that they come with a thankful heart to you. And if they can't come with a thankful heart, then, then they, they don't come, come at all. And so we come, people who are coming with a thankful heart. And I tell you what, if somebody somebody can completely broken, but if they have that little opening to a thankful heart, then you can minister to them, right? Yes. And so we're praying for God to move on people's hearts because that, it is in that moment of thankfulness that the Holy Spirit can come in. Because you're not going to badger somebody with the word of God It's they have to have a crack open somewhere. And that crack has to be opened by them. That has to be a God opening, right? The Holy Spirit has to be kind of moving and hovering over them. And so um, I'm going to leave here in a minute, but I want to, I would like to just pray a prayer over you guys um, for that before I, before I pop off, if that's okay. Yeah. 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 So God, I just thank you for these families here tonight. I thank you that you're lifting off the fear. You're lifting off the anxiety and that this particular date is focused on thankfulness. Father God, I thank you for all you've done for us this year. I thank you for what you're going to do in this year. And I just thank you for the miracles that we're seeing. I thank you for CJ and Rick. I thank you for glad tidings. I thank you for Bards Nation. I thank you for the resistance chicks viewers. I thank you that they are so willing to throw off every weight that so easily entangles them and they are running their race with perseverance. I am so proud of you you all. And the Lord says, I am so proud of you. Many of you have left behind mother and brother and sister, and you are are a pilgrim on pilgrim's progress. And you are, you're literally Christian on that journey to the celestial city. And you're throwing off every weight. And you're saying, Jesus, even if I have to, even if I can't bring my mother or my brother or my sister, or my wife on this faith journey, I'm going to journey with you. And I just pray right now that God will bring a family around you to love you Amen. and to hold you and to encourage you and that you'll be able to talk to and that they can speak life into you and they can help guide you through all of the pits and the snares of the enemy. And they can say, don't stay in the, the slough of despond. Um, uh, we are going to pray for the providence of God. We're going to pray for you to, mm. to, for your path to be lighted right now. Now in Jesus name. And it will be so bright that you will know exactly where to go every single step of every single day. And I thank you, Father God, that the light that is burning in each one of these people listening, that they will light a thousand candles yes. and the light in the world will shine so bright tomorrow that these people who are viewing this right now are viewing it back. The glory of God is on side of them. And as they begin to speak the word of God, as it goes forth, the chains are breaking off tonight. Just as CJ said that we stopped the, 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 the brokenness that was going to happen on Halloween, right now we just speak to those family gatherings and we just say no to the demonic and you're not going to speak death, you're not going to harm children, you're not going to harm relationships right now, there's going to be life there and I pray Father God that there will be a separation of light and darkness and I thank you Father God that there will be light and love in these family gatherings, that the glory of God will show up, that people have dreams and visions and there will be a massive amount of repentance, that tonight right now, that men and women be on their face before God, repenting of how they react with their family, where they react with their children, Children. They're going to they're gonna be fathers with tears in their eyes saying, I beg you to forgive me for how I raised you. I'm so sorry for what I've done. And there will be a massive amount of reconciliation and, 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 a, and a forgiveness that will flow over Amen. this nation. And you will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of children to the fathers. And you will restore the family balance, the equilibrium. And tonight we lay claim to this nation as a grateful nation to the providence yes, of God. And we claim America as a nation that is going to serve you, that is going to honor you. And we break the chains of perversion. We 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 break the chains of promiscuity right Whoa. now, Father God. The seed of the gospel, of Jesus Christ, is going forth, and and the cleanliness of the blood of Jesus is wiping over this nation. And we are all the lies of the enemy are, are being broken off right now in Jesus' name. All the chains that they thought that they could brainwash in the children, the brainwashing in the public schools has, has nothing on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wow. And I thank you, Father God, as the gospel <laughs> went forth it's in really previous good. years, it is going forth now and is breaking forth chains and the freedom that we speak. We speak Isaiah sixty-one ever every single one. Of you, the opening of eyes to the blind. God. We speak that the deliverance to the captive right now in Jesus' name. We proclaim a year of Jubilee in 2024 and 2023 as we end up this year. And we are going to end it with a bang. And we are going wow. to go, we're going to go Come out on. with 2023. And we're going to say 2024, the Holy Spirit is at the door. Your heart, your lives are being transformed. We're speaking to the transgenders. We're speaking to the homosexuals. We're speaking to the single mom and to the feminists and to the man with porn. We're saying Jesus has an answer. He is setting you free right now. You could not get yourself free. But these men and women who are on this podcast right now and their and, and their ministry teams right now are praying for you. And those chains are breaking right now in Jesus' name. Massive amounts of deliverance, mass deliverance. And I thank you for CJ. Thank you for Rick. I thank you for, for Scott. I thank you for the anointing. And a double portion is coming upon them and a healing and a breaking free of every lie on their minds so that they will be able to fully minister in the freedom that they have and they're walking in the freedom. I thank you, Lord God, Just as CJ has gone through this this immense healing and transformation that has been so, in the scheme of things, so quick. That she'll pray for people who will go through immense healing even quicker. Wow! Come on. I thank that there will be a, an acceleration of the anointing, an acceleration of the healing, an acceleration of the gifts, and understanding of the Holy Spirit. An acceleration right now, and I just speak the word acceleration, accelerating. The Spirit Amen. of God is accelerating Amen. in your life. The blood of God, the blood of Jesus, is so immensely powerful. Just one drop right now, just one drop wow. of His blood, just come literally on. wipes away all Amen. sin, all fear all anxiety, and you find yourself wrapped in the arms and love of God. And you say to yourself tonight, when you put your head in your pillow, I want you to say one thing. I'm loved. Wow. I have a purpose. Holy spirit. I yield myself to that purpose. I am loved. I'm a purpose. I, I, I have a purpose and I'm supposed to be here and I am excited to find out what that purpose is. So take these hands and use them, take this mind and use them, take this feet and use them. I play I pray, pray the angels will surround you wherever you go, that you will be protected. I pray for the healing of those those family traumas of those childhood traumas. And I pray that they will cease and desist. We write a letter right now and we say wow, cease and desist right, in the name of Jesus. coming after God's children. Healing is the children's bread. And we claim it right now for everyone listening in Jesus' name. I thank you for this spirit and the mantle of the pilgrims who knew who to turn turn away from and who to turn to. Yes. And we turn our backs as we turn our backs on this religiosity. And the world and that which would try to keep us bound to a system of religion. Mm-hmm. And as we re- embrace this family and this community of, of of loving one another so much so that we would uh, wash each other's clothes, even with the um, uh, and this is what we did right after. I'm telling you, Scott, we did this right after Bards Fest one where there we had a, 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 a sickness and we washed each other's clothes, even though That's it was right. uh, a, a very highly contagious and deadly thing. And we've been through it. And we've come through the other side, and I think that the, not, not not another thing like this is going to ha- happen to our nation. I speak to any um, plans. Uh, b- what plans I speak to any plans of the enemy, and I say you will cease and desist. That's right. And what you are going to see is not what the enemy has planned oh, in right. 2024, but you're going Go to see on. what God has planned. Hallelujah!
1: Thank you, Jesus.
3: And there is going to be a judgment coming on this nation. That's right. And judgment begins at the house of God. It begins right now. We've all been experiencing that judgment and we've been tried in the fire. And so every single person in this nation around the world is going to be tried in that fire. And if you are found wanting, you do not want to be found wanting. So get mm. yourself in a position where you will not be found wanting because the fire is burning and it's burning away everything that's not of him. That's right. And I've, and I've asked God to have it start with me
5: mm. and he's doing
3: it. Yes. And he's going to save this nation. And as we get burned away, everything that's not of him, then, Then the judge, the righteous judge, he sets up good law, good governors. I think that we're going to have a nation of William Bradford's who judge righteously. We're going to have a nation filled with these peace treaties between different people groups. And we're going to love one another. And our commonality is going to be our love for God and our love for the land. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. That was awesome. That was was really good. So you're just leaving, Leah, or are we all leaving?
3: I am. You guys can continue. Oh. Continue. I want.
2: Playing.
1: I have one more topic I'd like to hit on.
0: Let's do um, it.
1: For two Thank parts. you. It since, was great since, to see you guys. Since this is not hey, thanks, really Leah. a kind, and Leah did an Leah, excellent the, job. Happy Thank Thanksgiving, Leah. Leah. For the history, because that's that's Leah's wheelhouse. So, um, good job, buddy.
5: Yeah.
1: And she had three other books sitting here that she was going over. Um, and that is this. So we we let's just go ahead and address a lot of things that happen over the holidays. And one of those things is loneliness. There's oh, going to be, good. so we can talk about all the people there's, I can guarantee you there's people in the chat going, well, I don't even have anybody to not go to. Right. Yep. And they're going to feel really lonely this season. And, um, so I want to speak to that spirit of loneliness, um, tonight. I don't know if anybody wants to take this ball that I'm throwing up in the air.
0: You go ahead and start.
1: Well, I can say this. I have always had my mom and my sister. And so from a physical standpoint, I have never been alone on a holiday. But when you're a family unit, sometimes that doesn't matter because you still want the big family because we have had to turn our backs on. We've had the big families and I loved even even with all the trauma and, you know, the smell of alcohol on people literally turns my stomach because of these experiences that I've had when Rick, when you said that, I was just like, I'm back there, um, you know, and but there was a broken part of me that you just you just enjoy the, the family. You enjoy the the bigness of it all and the, and the, the, the gathering together. And so when we had to say no to abusers and we had to, what we're telling you to do, we're telling you to do because we've had to do it. And God has yeah. since brought people back into our lives um, and family, but we had to initially say no. And it's difficult to spend a Thanksgiving with just your sister and your mom when you're used to having all the bigness and it feels kind of like a loss and you feel alone because it doesn't really feel like a holiday because it's just you. And so I want to say that there is a love and there is a connection that you can ask god for and i want you guys to do this tomorrow throughout the day and ask god to give you the joy of the family because in hebrews 11 we hear about the great cloud of witnesses so whether it's the pilgrims that we're talking about or each other who are in the flesh even now we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses there's no reason for you to feel alone you can ask god hey god let me feel the body of Christ. Let me feel what you're doing in the earth right now. And I can guarantee you, you know, it's, it's interesting. Salvation is likened to this. Jesus says that he is knocking at the door of your heart. And if you let him in, does he come in and you play volleyball? Does he come in and you, you, you know, whatever? No, you, you eat. I will come in and I will sup with you. So tomorrow, make yourself a meal. I don't even care if it's microwavable. And sit down and sup with Jesus. And I can guarantee you that he will sit there with you. And you will not feel alone. Because it's not about family. It's not about... It, th- these days, they're not about that. It's, it's Thanksgiving. Find the things to be thankful for and have a conversation with God. That's what I got.
0: You know, I think it's good, Michelle. Maybe I want to add something to it. <laughs> Set a place.
1: Ooh, and invite that's really you.
0: good. Okay. It's scriptural. I agree with what you're saying. I've, I've spent some Thanksgivings alone. I've spent some Christmases alone. And um, it's not always easy. There is a, there's such a high pressure on the types of things that uh, you're talking about, which is, you know, it, it is it does become a high pressure deal for family days being with people.
1: Yeah.
0: There's, if we get to the core of it, and we really get to core of why we're celebrating and why we're together, um, and what we're what we're really celebrating. And it takes a step, and I think what's this, what it presents for those that are are feeling alone. And it's easy. I, I think it's easy to hear the words, and you hear people say, "Well, yeah, but you're not," and it's like, "Yeah, but I have." Right. Okay, so I'm going to start there. Yes, but I have. And there's one thing that God's given me is a plethora of experiences that usually when something's gets me, I can go, "Yeah, I." Probably did something close to that. So it is. It isn't easy, but set that place at the table. Invite Jesus in.
1: That's good.
0: And enjoy that moment and really enjoy that moment and enjoy that you're celebrating in the communion with God. Make that meal, like Michelle said, go through the effort and understand that life isn't intended to be the anchoring of the flesh the way we see it. I think that's the easiest way to say it. I think that we are, we we become heavily weighted on the the fleshly interactions. And and trust me, I I can already hear the email starting. Like, okay, I'm going to roll my eyes because it's going to be like, yeah, but you don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, okay, yeah, I do. And there's just been enough wisdom placed upon my life thanks to some difficult times that you kind of look at things and you go, you know what? We made it through it, but we got better for it. So it's really an opportunity if you are alone tomorrow to invite Jesus in and see how much you can grow in a day, because I think you'd be pretty stunned. I really do. I
4: had a, I had a couple of thoughts. Um, first is, you know, that loneliness, it depends on what's going on. You know, for some folks, they've got, uh, it's the first Thanksgiving alone Ooh. and uh, their loved ones died. It's really good. And, you know, that's um, there's a mourning that needs to take place. You know, and it's real. You, you just you get to walk through uh, the mourning of losing a loved one, and we're we're in a situation that's like that too. You know, it's just uh, we love them, and they're not going to be there, and so there's a hole in our hearts. Wow. And we'll we'll stop, and we'll be we'll remember what's going on, and. Um, to celebrate them. And that's where memories become a real powerful thing. Remember our loved one and things like that. The second thing I wanted to mention was that many people don't realize, but there is a demonic stronghold of self-pity.
0: Oh, good, Rick.
4: And um, CJ mentioned it earlier before. It was something that she, you know, we've worked really hard to overcome. And I'll let you jump into it more if you want. But... If you are in a place where you're tormented, mm-hmm. and here's here's how I've noticed it happening, because I think we've all experienced it. It's the replaying of of memories, of conversations, and it's that feeling of it's not fair, or why me, or it's against me, or God's mad at me, or God's punishing me, or, you know, it can take many different forms, but it might be a good to sit down and say, you know, Lord, Yes, it's, it is painful to be alone. But the enemy takes things and supercharges it and makes it even more tormenting and even more painful. And that's when it becomes that demonic self-pity uh, stronghold gets a hold of things. Do you want to add anything to that? Or?
2: You know, in loneliness, I because of, the, you know, hmm. stuff with my family, I, I spent a lot of, of holidays at home alone. I was a single mom and... We, it was just the two of us and it was, it was hard. You know, my kid would often just say, you know, I, I, I wish we had a bigger family. We just, it's just the two of us wow. and it, it would be really easy for sometimes that for self-pity to really come in. Cause there was a lot of, of thing, you know, outside things attacking us. So some of it comes back to, you know, what are you thinking about? Are you taking those thoughts captive and making them obedient to Christ? And you know, for me, I have a little thing that I try and reference. And so I just call it think, you know, is it true? You know, are the thoughts you're having true? And do they line up with the character of God? Wow. You know, are they helpful? Does do these thoughts help? with where you're at in your life? Are they bringing you closer to Jesus or are they hindering a relationship with Jesus by isolating you? So sometimes that loneliness is the enemy trying to get you in a place of isolation, right? Yeah, that's good. The eye is inspire. Are your thoughts inspiring you to press forward? Like Scott had said, or what? maybe it was you, it said, go ahead and make that meal, you know, press forward in yeah. that, press into Thanksgiving, right? We know that the psalmist said, we enter his gates with thanksgiving in our heart. Mm-hmm. And so there's sometimes being thankful is a choice. You know, we have to we have to stop yeah. and look at what those things are and choose that thankfulness. You know, the end is, is it necessary? Is this a necessary thing in our healing and deliverance pro- process? Is it necessary in the relationship with Jesus? And is it kind? Is the thought that you're thinking, is it kind to your self-worth and does it bring value? because those are all things that Jesus wants us to have. He sees us as valuable. He sees us as worthy and we need to stop and ask those questions. And with self-pity as it comes in, we have to stop and activate our chooser in that and choose to step okay. out of it because self-pity comes a lot from self-talk, right? So it's a it's a it's a difficult one for someone else to walk into and walk through to go through deliverance because you really have to choose to be delivered from that. There's been times that we've had where I've fallen into that. And um, Rick's a very brave man. <laughs> and he's come in and he said, you know, and I do you think, you know, that might be the spirit of self pity. And um, as Scott has said, I can be a fighter. And you know, I might not respond very well to that. <laughs> <In> fact, <laughs> yeah, I just
1: feel like we are very similar people.
0: <laughs> here's, oh, yes, Michelle. Here's,
4: <laughs> a, here's a little quick um, thing as I mentioned something about self-pity. And I don't know who you are who's listening out in the uh, is that TV land or internet land. But if you were there and all of a sudden you got instantly angry, I'm gonna tell you you got a spirit of self-pity.
0: So let me let me throw this out because I think this is good. A couple things. Um let's hit the spirit of self-pity. And I think probably everybody should do this. And you just say, Jesus, I'm coming out of agreement with self-pity. That's good. In Christ Jesus' name. Just do that. Okay, you'd be amazed at how powerful that is. And if you have a hard time saying it, then you know it's going to be really powerful. So buckle up. The other thing is, um, we didn't mention we were hitting around it, but I think it's super important. If you are alone tomorrow, and if you, I would make that meal, I would set that place at the table. If you have lost someone, like Rick said, really good, especially in this era, give them time. Think about them. Remember some of those conversations. But here's the thing we're not saying that it's right before us. Open up the Bible. Start reading. Spend your day in the Word and let God speak to your heart. And don't run from it. And just read. And if you spend eight hours tomorrow Mm. reading the Bible or ten hours reading the Bible, That's you're in you're in the home run space right there. I do have
1: some stuff for some people I'm working on right now, actually, for those. This was the thought process. I'm going to make sure that the that I have some video. First of all, I've I've put the private screener link for the film Monumental, Kirk Cameron's Monumental on our website for today's show. So you can watch that. Okay. Okay. I'm going to put in links from the covenant that we did last year with Scott Kesterson. So you can listen. that's a, that's a whole three day event. So you've got plenty to listen to there. And mm-hmm. if you go to our website, resistancechicks.com, I have put the link I in, in, in a file transfer that you can download. I've put the MP3 of the entire, um, what do they call it when you, it's like a live action. Like when they take a book and you read it and it's dramatized, the dramatized version of the pilgrim's progress it's literally the most sold book next to the Bible in the history of all books. And it was written by John Bunyan and it's an allegory. And it's just Scott Kesterson is literally going to get beaten by me with a wet noodle until he listens to it. Um, but it is, it is the number one thing that everyone needs to listen to. So even, even if you're not alone as a family, go and just click on, um, uh, it was resistance chicks.com. I have it under the useful links tab. Says uh, Pilgrim's Progress. Click on that, download the MP3s, and listen to them as a family. Listen to these things. So I'm going to make sure that you guys have a lot for tomorrow um, so that you do, but you can listen to the audio Bible, certainly, Scott Kesterson. Excellent advice. But if you want to feel extra pilgrimy or whatever, you know, I'm going to have some stuff for you guys on Resistance. We,
0: we also have barsfest.com. Which is, if you want to go back and see the Bards Fest, they're all their live streams. And the so, Bards
1: Fest. Uh, yes, exactly. BardsNation.com. Join the Bards Nation community, community.bardsnation.com. These are all things. You don't have to feel alone. You're, you're part of a family. It's a community.
0: That's true. I mean, that, that right there. Just get online with Bards Community, community.bardsfest or bardsnation.com You'll be there. But And then if you want to just be part of a, an experience. The Bard's Fest both Bard's Fest this year are in there. They're, they're Bard'sFest.com. You can watch all of it. Yeah. So, there's no there
1: CJ's testimony which is just absolute fire. It's fire. <laughs> it's one <laughs> awesome. of the most amazing things I've ever. And you know what? I am so grateful because I was so busy for over Bard's Fest that there were many many speakers that I did not get to listen to. And uh, cause I was up around doing things and I got to listen to CJ's entire testimony and it's, it was, that was a big blessing.
0: I'm so Michelle, lie. what are you grateful for or thankful for? I should say for the,
1: you Scott Kesterson.
0: Oh, thank you, Michelle
1: i i honestly i am so grateful for where god is taking this nation you know they for years they've called us the pilgrims girl pilgrim girls because we're kind of obsessed with the uh foundation and the birthing of this nation um and you know there's a there's a running theme that scott keeps talking about on his show about the seed and uh there's so much life in the seed the pilgrims were the seed of america okay Mm -hmm. and um and so a lot of times we feel like we've gotten too far off of, of that path that they laid um, that how do we ever get back? It seems completely impossible and probable. It's just a lot of people feel very downtrodden. I do not at all. Because when I see the, you know, the activity of the devil and I see how much the devil's ramping up, my first thought isn't going, wow, the devil's really gaining power. My first thought is, and I've said this to Scott, this is a great analogy. You can have a bunch of rats in the walls, and you don't know that they're there and you're living with them but as soon as the exterminator shows shows up and all of the rats are like oh my gosh and it just looks so chaotic and you're thinking to yourself man I wish the exterminator hadn't shown up and we could have just lived with all the rats in the walls <laughs> it says no one ever you're glad that the exterminator's there and literally we are the ghostbusters Um, We're slaying demons right and left, throwing them back to the lake of fire where they belong. And why? Because God Almighty is on the move. So instead of we have this mentality where we've got it all wrong, when we look at it looks like the heathen are raging and all of this stuff. Do you know when I get around people that have demons, they start to manifest? Yeah. Why? Because I'm now there. A new element has been inserted that has irritated them. So if we're looking at the world and we're seeing all these manifestations, our first thought shouldn't be going, wow, the devil's getting stronger. They should go, wow, God's entered the room.
5: Right.
1: Okay. So so what am I thankful for? I'm thankful that God's entered the room and he's given me an opportunity to exterminate some rats. Do it. That's where I I'm like at. Slay them. That's what I got. Scott said. I
0: love it. That was good, Michelle.
1: So and I'm friends thankful friends. for my family. I can't be like, I, you know, I received this award and not like thank. <laughs> so. I'm thankful and and I will do this. I am so thankful for the Resistance Chicks family and Bard's Nation family. Uh, you guys have been phenomenal. It's been a it's been a great year. It's been about a year that we've really been in covenant. Um, solidly with with Bards Nation and um, and we love you guys. You guys are amazing. Every time I show up in one of Scott's chats and everybody comes to life and I'm you know, I'll be in the we will be doing things and I I actually almost hesitate to to come into the live studio because I know it's going to be five minutes of saying hello to everybody. (laughs) before I can carry on with what I'm doing. I have deliberately not watched your show sometimes because I'll feel (laughs) bad. I don't want anybody to think I'm not like waving and saying hello. I'm like, okay, I'll listen to it later if I, if I literally don't have time. But what I mean by that is I genuinely enjoy the interactions and I love, I'll sit there and I'll give you, I'm giving you a little inside baseball. I've told this to Scott before. Um, You know, we don't watch a lot of of, of television or put on a lot of stuff in our house, you know, um, sometimes in the evenings and it'll just be kind of family time. And so not everybody don't take this the wrong way, Scott, not everybody wants to hear your show in the evenings. And so if I'm listening and I will be sitting there and I have one earbud in, and I'm in the chat listening to the show, and then I'm also interacting with the things that are going on around me. So, um, i I can guarantee you, I'm not the only person that does that. Although I don't actually like to listen to your show live because I prefer to listen to Scott Kesterson on two time. And so it's easier to listen and to them back. that's kind of a different
0: one. I, I, I don't listen to myself on two time. I just don't do it. <laughs> All right. Rick, you have a lot
1: of power packed. It sounds. so You need to listen to yourself on two time.
0: I'll give you know, it a because shot. it's it just but, it sounds but, so
1: great. And Scott's talking like this. And the whole time it sounds like he's on a rant. And it's just so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it like, turns every
2: show into a rant. It's great. It's awesome.
0: Uh, that's good. All right, CJ, what do you got to be thankful for? I
2: have a, a lot of things to be thankful for. But, you know, one that I'm just, I'm here with you guys. You know, I'm I'm always so thankful for my husband because he goes to war for me all the time. But as, as cheesy as it might sound, I, I'm really thankful for my brother, Scott Hesterson, because the enemy, you know, one of the things he robbed from me was the relationship of my brother, safety and just that, what comes with being siblings and prayed for it for a long time. And God had handpicked and prepped you uh, for that role
0: that's an honor CJ
2: you keep getting this you've got Paul Cantrell you've
0: yeah.
1: got CJ you've got Leah and I this the, this guy that's been this lone ranger and now, ever, and now all of a sudden he's replacing everybody's brother in their life again <laughs> CJ to your point um, Leah and I have a half brother who's not in our life and so I get it I totally get it and that thrills me to death actually yeah. to hear your story about that
4: with Scott
0: it's it's pretty. I'm blessed. Rick, go ahead. I'm sorry.
4: No, you're fine. Uh, I the first thing that popped in my mind is um, I'm thankful for the, the people that God's healing. Yeah, come on. Uh, there's not a week that goes by that we don't get people coming to our house and we sit down and you know we hear the the, the, the roughest of stories, but by the time we get done, God always pulls the rabbit out of the head and heals them. You know, he's just in the market of loving people and healing them and setting them free and changing their lives. Yes, and, sir. Uh, I just, you know, I, I, today, I've, as we were driving down here, I just was remembering uh, so many people that have just, their lives were just transformed. Yeah. And, you know, they send us these really wonderful emails afterwards of just how, what God's doing. And because um, sometimes, you know, you're sitting, you're listening, you pray. Yes. And you kind of go... I think this is. I think this is good. This is to me, you know. But you never know because you know he's going to tell you the story in about a half an hour, and it was you know a twenty-five year story, so you don't yeah. really know what happened. But um, I, I'm just so thankful for what God's doing and the healing. Yeah. God loves people so much, and there is not anything too broken. There's wow. not anything too broken.
0: That's right. That's
1: good, right? That's that the title of the show. All. There's not anything right. too broken. No,
0: that's really you good. Yeah. We need to do one. We don't we gotta do another special. Let's do that. There's nothing that's not too broken. Yeah. That's good.
4: Unpack some real deep, dark, broken things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that the Lord has healed. Yeah. Amen. Yes.
4: So
1: Yeah. To to your point, Rick, and I just want I want to encourage you guys. Um, and this is for purely selfish reasons. And I have no qualms in saying that at all. Last night I went to bed very late and, uh, one of our viewers in the chat, um, who Scott had had the, um, opportunity to pray with. And then I of course have at several events and you know who you are, um, had written me a letter that came in my birthday special and I hadn't had a chance to read it yet. And so I sat in bed last night and I actually ended up sending a video chat to Scott. Did you actually watch it? Scott?
0: Video? Um, yeah. Oh yes, I did. It was awesome.
1: And I read this letter out loud and, uh, I just cried and it was a letter of, this is how much your broadcast and you guys praying for me and all the different things and not just Leah and I, it was a consistent all giving all glory to God. Um, And hearing how much healing has transpired in this person, it was like a six page letter of Mm -hmm. healing and transformation and how this person is able to now go walk and and is, you know, the person that was kind of paranoid and not wanting to talk to anybody is like seeking out opportunities to witness to people. And um, so, guys, if you are ever touched by someone ever, tell them if they have ministered to you, tell them because you could be the difference between them getting out of ministry or not. Is, Is it really worth it? Is this touching anybody? Is this actually, am I actually making a difference? Um, and you can, and you can let them know, yes, God has touched me through you. And it's one of the most powerful things. I kid you not out of everything that I do out of all the things to me, it's never about views. It's never about um, numbers, it's, it's nothing. How you doing? Has God touched you? Is your life changing? Like, that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to know. And so Rick, I'm so glad that you brought that up. And I'm so glad that people are reaching out to you guys and letting you know, yeah, the word that you gave me, it's good. If I get, if I get a 90% rating, I feel pretty good. There was 10%. I'm not sure. Okay. Hold on to that for later. It may come. But I want to know, you want to know, well, did I get that right? Was I, or was that just last night's pizza?
0: Right. Good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. It wasn't last night's pizza.
1: <laughs> it wasn't. So, yes, I am very, very thankful. And I want to, let's just read a couple of comments here. Um, I am so thankful that my children and their families all get along and we are able to be thankful for, uh, thankful together that's from uh, Kitty to Karen on the bards FM um, nice. podcast there uh, you guys are just amazing your' Scott your audience is just phenomenal every single time I get to to hear from them it blows it absolutely blows my mind away that the the like Leah said in her in her prayer and I hope you guys receive that blessing that Leah prayed for you um, and we'll pray one more time before we leave but everybody that's a part of this family you're here because you want more, and you want to do more, and you expect God to do more, and you demand it, and that's an amazing place to be.
0: I, just, I need, do need to say this. I mean, Bars Nation is an amazing gift, and the bringing together of Bars Nation and Resistance Nation is equally amazing. And I think there's a lot of uh, great synergy. that's
1: Amen. becoming about
0: there, and a lot of a lot of eagerness and hunger for. Jesus and the Holy Spirit, which is a no walls church, which is really so important Tore down the walls and we're bringing it into the world. Um, I, I'm, this has been quite a year and it's been a, a reflective year on when we sit here in Thanksgiving where I begin. And I think back to one of the most important lead ins to this year that God put on my heart, which was teach a loving and forgiving heart when we are coming out of this COVID con hatred. Yeah. And that uphill battle that it was and i tell the story a lot but it was it's it was such a good moment when right in the peak of getting that message in embedded in and it was night after night and a lot of pushback a lot of anger a lot of hurt a lot of broken hearts a lot of division and, and pain that that goes with and Balenciaga story hit and that's what the people don't know what that is that was the fashion design that was using children with satanic ritual nonsense, which you know, it's a lot worse than that. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. And I was driving down to Yuba City and I had had a lot of pushback on loving, forgiving heart with Balenciaga's story. And I was driving and I said to God, I said, listen, I understand what you're asking me to do, but it doesn't sell well when you've got pedophilia and child abuse. Coming into the public space. And he says, Who's your enemy? Mm. And honestly, for the guy that is, you know, by definition, builds an entire ministry around the warrior Christ, I was silent. I said, I don't know. He says, That's why you need a loving and forgiving heart, because I'll take care of the rest. And so I think that when we start that way this year and we kind of walk through this year and see where it's gone. We had a great event in Yuba City. We didn't even know that we were going to have what we were going to have for Bars Fest. And we ended up with two this year, which were phenomenal. And Yuba City was incredible. We we saw the first, we really started to get our feet under us with what was powerful, which was breaking bread because that was one thing God told us was whatever you do in these Bars Fests this year, you need to break bread together. And we did, we did did that and it changed everything. People sat down. And we started to see family coming together and the root of that story started and I'm grateful for that because we learned that we could overcome everything and we could take complete and total strangers and put them down and we could talk for hours about life over a good meal. And we were blessed with Jim Conley who built an incredible team and it stayed with us and will stay with us. And the devil didn't miss that opportunity to try to break that man and stole his son. And for that, every demon that's ever been involved in that, I will find, hunt, and destroy, and send to the lake of fire because Jim's a good man. And then we had Bars Fest and we did something unprecedented and it was such a big turn and it's what built a family. And I say this and I want Resistance Nation and Bars Nation to hear this for everything that it is. Leah, Michelle, and I came together. And if you paid attention to what happened in the first Bars Fest, we knew it was gonna happen because God spoke it to our hearts then. And we stood there on stage and I said, it was a prophetic word, this is the future of what Bars Fest looks like. The only person missing was Jeff Brain, who gave us the inspiration through Cloud Hub. uh, But we honored him because we fulfilled the dream that he gave us. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for CJ and I'm grateful for Rick that came to Bartsfest fest and didn't know them well yeah i'd met them and, and met them but i came to know <clears throat> their heart and i came to know have a sister and a brother and i'm grateful and i'm grateful for brian and alicia yes they we're kind of like our parents in a certain way they were the, even
1: though they're like super young
0: yeah okay. yeah they're not age old, doesn't matter no it doesn't in the spiritual sense they're kind of like those around us you know We're grateful for Brad Cummings. He's always been there for all of us. And he's always there. That's kind of like one guy that's always there to remind you that there's something deeper in the word than you've seen. And he's always reminds you where it is. And we're grateful for the Cantrells. Yes. And what they bring is a richness of the family. And I, and I, especially right now, I'm grateful because what many of you don't know is what just happened is they came to the ranch, which is officially bars nation headquarters here in Oregon and they're now going to stay here, and they're going to be here for some time, and they're going to be here. And what's even greater is this is an opportunity now to start building out the vision that we've set all the time, which is Operation Vineyard, which is to start building up these children to become truly the saints for the work in the ministry, to give them the tools now to about cattle and horses and bees and gardening, podcasting. They're all eager. And if you saw the spark that lit up in that, it's like a whole new dimension of Holy Spirit. But I saved two for last. Leah and Michelle, who have become such great, amazing people in my life. There's no words. And it's not by showing favorites. It's just just the way it is. The love that they have shown and support and love that we've walked together is unprecedented. And if you ever want to believe in God doing a miracle and creating two sisters in your life that are true and real, Mm -hmm. this is it. And they're just the most amazing ladies you've ever met. So I don't know. All these people we have, we now have a family. We have a nuclear family. We have an extended family. And never to forget our parents and all that are there. But we're forged right now something amazing. And I'm grateful for every bit of it. And I'm humbled every breath of my day of what God can do when it seems impossible. And how he can bring people together. And he can humble us. And by all he's asked, one thing. Just give me your heart. And, you know, in this process, there's one thing I have learned. And it's the hardest part. Michelle, Leah will tell you right there, because they've been there right there with me. It's been the hardest part of this whole thing. You've got to let go of the flesh. And you have to put all your love in him. And when you do that, you learn how to love differently and more deeper and greater and broader than you've ever imagined. So when we love that way, we love purely. We love magnificently, and we love, and doors are opened up for us to love, and the walls of the world stop being there, and the enemy starts to run, because we wield the most powerful sword of all. That's the sword of the kingdom.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. So,
0: for all that out there, we've each seen some shakeups in our followings. We've seen this, especially with Resistance Chicks and, and Bar's Nation, which is kind of petty nonsense. But here's the thing I also know for all of you that ran away, you're going to come back. And I'm going to tell you why you're going to come back because you'll never find the Holy spirit. Like it burns here and you'll desire it. And because you know what else we will welcome you back with love. And we'd we'll be bad, Glad to have you back. Part of us. So yeah, a lot of things to be thankful for because family. We
1: have the most fun. I'm just saying
0: we do. We have the most fun.
1: Right, I mean, yeah. <laughs> we. The, I'm not trying to say the party's over here, but party's over here. Um, <laughs> we have a lot more fun than everybody else does, and and you know why? Because there's freedom in the Holy Spirit, and when you stay oh, yeah. in the Holy Spirit, you're gonna have. The most phenomenal time of your life there is no what did i ask you for for my birthday scott kesterson you're like michelle i'll do whatever i'll fly out what and I, i'll i do whatever and i was like can we just have revival is that can yeah. we just is we have to have a reason for a revival now we just so happened to have issue one that was going on here in ohio that we needed to i'm like can we just have a revival and, and scott's like well we can do that <laughs> we can give you a revival <laughs> yeah but we didn't
0: do one we did three and when, when then we about. did
1: three across the nation and that's I want, and I, I know I speak for CJ and Rick here, and I know I speak for Scott and certainly Leah. There is, I, there's a lot of things that I desire in life. There is nothing that fulfills me like being able to pray with people.
0: There, Hands down, bar
1: none. There's nothing bar like it none. on the face of this planet.
0: Um, I just want to throw that in real quick because there's praying for people, and then there's people you pray with that like rock it. So,
1: <laughs> like cj Rick? yeah
0: there, i mean there you pray with there's you can always the pray the bar That's that cool. they
1: have set is so high like
0: when you go and you can hear with about people it. that can pray and throw down prayer man it it, it it just like for all of you that love sunday football give it up i'm telling you yeah. right now because this is like all new level this is like <laughs> level up to god's play right because it is something and it is it's like and, and i know that you guys had the same thing michelle You and Leah and the whole crew, but what we were ripping out there in the 31st and the first event. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I know you were because I watched you. I saw you what you were doing. I mean, we we were burning it down. Babylon was shaking. Demons were flying.
1: Can we give that testimony that CJ got? Um, Because this is really important. We here in Ohio, we're three hours behind you guys. And we prayed out our entire the whole room. Prayed out, and I I called on people, and and because of CJ and because of what she's been through, it was on the forefront of our minds more than it's ever been in my entire life about what is actually happening to children on that night, and we prayed to stop. Now, we did it the night before. On the pre-call, Devonese had said she had that dream of the printout of all the kids that were saved. And then, um, and then we prayed against it. We, we literally went in the spirit to go and protect people. I had a testimony from, uh, Christine Taylor saying that she stayed up at night and she literally had a vision of holding children. She had children in her arms that she felt very certain that she had gone Mm -hmm. in the spirit to save. And then CJ, what
2: happened the next morning that God spoke to you? Well, which, which part? No, uh, you know, the, the Lord just started downloading and showing me pictures and names wow. of children that were passed over that were supposed to be um, exactly. sacrificed that night. It's
5: and, just incredible.
2: And so I, I started getting names and, and I did, I started to go and look and see if there were kids that were returned home or different different pieces. There was also, the Lord was giving me downloads of um, neighborhoods where they were out following certain children to, to snatch. Um, and they didn't because the angels were there. We, we prayed and empowered and, um, the Lord answered those calls by releasing those angels to go and, and do what they do. And, and the demons and, and the witches and warlocks passed over those children. So come on many children are saved. Awesome. and
1: yeah.
2: we haven't been doing that. So to
1: the naysayers that were giving us a hard time, some in our own ministry,
0: you know who you are. Forget Saying it. that You're we sh-
1: that that there's there's no big deal. Shame on the church for for literally all of the history of church on this night and moving forward forever until this s- satanic ritual day is become a faint memory in the history of humanity until it's that gone. Every single. I wonder- uh, October 31st, we should be gathering together to do what we did. I expect thousands of churches to step up next year. I know there are some that do. Um, I know that uh, Glad Tidings does, but we need to make this the precedent of the church. Go ahead, CJ.
2: Yeah, I, I want to point out too, it, when I'm saying that lives are, were saved, I need to be more specific. In many of those cases, it's more than saving one child or one um, young girl is, is, also saving the life of an infant that would be being set up to be ritualized as well. So what we did, the, the ripple effect is, yeah. is more significant than just a few.
5: A few I agree we,
0: we felt it, um, Portland was interesting because we got there when there was a point and I stepped outside and I think we all had that experience. So there was a massive, massive shift in energy and you could feel it. And there's mm. something very profound that happened that night. And to Michelle, to your point, which I really love, because we did do three ministries. and I think this really has to be highlighted. It wasn't just like some event. It was three separate ministries that came together. Well, and I, I'm going to challenge churches next year. I mean, hard throwdown. It's like, if we can do it, so can you. Don't play this nonsense. And we need to be putting it to them because next year we really should be seeing this happen all over the country. We should be able to come into like a live streaming collective where there's like a hundred different live streams you can tie into one yeah. and see this happening. That's what needs to happen.
1: Well, we streamed this, this live it? to bardsfest.com. I expect there to be at least six more ministries next year.
0: I would like to see, yeah, at least we're not. Here in in North, North, North.
2: We, we ran into just a lot of pushback spiritually from. You know, buildings being canceled, mm-hmm. having trouble finding a building, you know, and, and then God provided just this really cool place for us, you know, that has its own story of redemption. Um, so, it and it was out on a vineyard, and I thought how poetic. Yeah, that's so cool.
0: Boy, you know, you know what, CJ, I, I cannot believe you said this, and I didn't pick it up before. What is the Children's Foundation ministry that God's put on my heart? Operation
2: Vineyard. vineyard.
0: How did I miss that? Yeah. That's incredible. Because we were way, folks,
2: being, praying the, through all the warfare.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean we're, we're fighting everything else, but and it's just like Operation Vineyard. That's it, right there. He gave us a vineyard, which was absolutely beautiful, by the way.
2: Really
0: spectacular. Really good. Should we pray? Let's do.
1: All right. So I'm gonna kick this off. Because I, I want you guys to know something, you know, when we have these specials, I, I I wish we had a giveaway. We should have done a giveaway somehow. Next time we'll try and set something like that up, give away a founder's Bible or something for big specials like this where we come together. Um, but I just want you guys to get excited and to be heavily in prayer because, and I say we, because this is a group effort, even though poor Scott Kesterson is the one on the front lines here, we're putting together a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm on Scott, the front
0: lines on this one. You can't get any farther forward on this.
1: Scott is um going to be going down to Tucson next week to be reunited with the Cantrell family and to get a vasectomy reversal.
0: Go get him, Michelle.
1: This is not to be taken lightly, and I don't mean the surgery. I mean the spiritual pu- pushback. When you come after you talk about Operation Vineyard and that it, it's so much bigger than the original vision that God gave to Scott, because a vineyard produces fruit. And Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And Good. the whole purpose behind being a Christian or a human being is to bear fruit. That's it. That Literally, the bottom line You can say, oh, my purpose is to worship God. No, your purpose is to evangelize the nations and to bring people to the kingdom of God. That's your purpose. Okay, that's what we are called to do. Worshiping God is in there, but really we are are called to bear fruit. And so we as humans are a physical representation of what happens in the kingdom. And God never says there are too many children coming into the kingdom. So our bodies should never say the same thing. Our minds should never say the same thing. But Satan comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And from the beginning, he has always been coming after the seed. And if you have ever read the book of Revelation, you see that Satan is the dragon that is sitting there waiting to capture the child from the womb. Okay, this is what the devil does. This is his MO. So anything in that is in the devil's camp. And so what Scott is doing and what this documentary is going to do is going to be going up to literally the gates of hell and tearing them down. So I want to pray a hedge of protection over you um, as you move forward in this because it is a very, very big deal what you're doing. You are taking on demons that have been sitting happy for over 100 years, the spirits of eugenics, of population control. And um, you don't go into that lightly. So dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for... Scott, I thank you for the tenacity that he has to go after the things of God, even when people that are the closest to him have told him that he's in the wrong. I thank you that no matter what, um, he will follow you. And we just uh, plead a hedge of protection over Scott as he goes into the enemy's camp and takes back what is what belongs to the kingdom and ravages these uh, demonic hordes and forces and, and these principalities, and he actually evangelizes the high places. What does that mean? It means to go in and show them Jesus Christ is King and, kings and Lord of lords, and he is the author and finisher of our salvation, and they must leave. So I thank you that he is a warrior, he is God's Joshua, and he is um, taking ground. And he's going to lead a nation of Joshua's to rise up and do the same. So I just thank you that he is protected in his mind and his body and his spirit, and uh and that you bless him abundantly that you provide everything that he needs that everything works out exactly as it should and that you open every single door you actually just rip them off the hinges lord god the doorways that he needs to walk in you just blow them apart but i just pray that um any open doors that are um that could allow those snakes in like cj talked about you just close those right now in the name of jesus and you weld them shut that nothing can ever get in and nothing can um, climb over the fence. There's no, there's nothing because there's a whole host uh, protecting Scott. And I just, I just want to send um, angels ahead of him and before him, behi- beside him and behind him to um, to be going off on an offensive advance of protection. Not just as he goes down to Tucson, but as he continues to film when he goes back with the Tantrells and, and gets these um, interviews. And I just pray that this film will bless the nations. That this will set the captives free and they will recognize and awaken from a stupor that they have been lulled into this idea that God wants to limit children when he absolutely and unequivocally never said that. It's nowhere in his word that you wake people up and they start advancing the kingdom of God that they're not waiting for um, Jesus to just come in and rescue and they recognize that Jesus is the rescue through them. So I just thank you for what's about to happen, and I thank you for uh, Bards Nation getting behind this, and I just pray that you bring back anybody that has left because of this message and that they turn and they repent and they recognize, no, I'm sorry, you're right, Scott. I wasn't listening, and I wasn't listening to the Holy Spirit, and it's time for me to love my family and love my wife and not treat her like a whore, but treat her like the fruitful field that God created her to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, Michelle. So
1: anyway, the giveaway is... There is a documentary yeah. coming and you guys should get very excited about it. It's coming out on Scott's birthday, 1-11-2024.
0: Yeah. Way to celebrate. We're going to be working our tail off to get this thing done. We are. We will. And I, I think that's interesting something you said because I realized as you said it, something I'd asked and I didn't relate to God that I didn't realize it, I'd been put there. I told him many times I put my, throat on, my foot on the throat of the devil. And um, good. I'll do it. So there you go.
1: Did I say that?
0: No, you said I'd be t- I'd be right at the gates of hell. Oh, okay, the okay. Sometimes you're praying in
1: the spirit, you don't even know what you said. <laughs> I was like, no, but I'm, no just, I'm just saying it.
0: Okay. I-, I just reflected well, on it, and I was like, yeah, I've told God many times that I'd gladly put my foot on the throat of the devil. Amen. And so, yeah. Okay, good. Send me. We're good. You know, it's pretty good.
1: All right, CJ and Rick, do you guys have any final thoughts?
0: We're just thrilled to be here. Yeah. Thank you. Hi. And, and you we're I just so want to much. say whether you realize it or not, we're actually in the same house because I've got a different background than they do, same place. Right. We're yeah. just in a different room. We're super excited. And I say we my parents are coming up. Um, they're only twenty minutes south. So they're coming up tomorrow. And uh we're having all of us are having Thanksgiving together. And this is gonna become a regular thing. I just can already tell you that's good. And of course, one of these days, we're going to have Michelle and Leah and Matt out too. That's going to happen. It's going to be very cool. We're super excited about that. And uh, you're just going to see a lot more. I just want to, but I think one of the things I'm really excited about, you're going to see a lot more of the family What we're calling the family is what God anointed us to be. And you're going to see more of it this year. And it's a good way because we are the best show in town and we, we are where all the fun is. So, you know, join us. You know, it's good.
1: And Scott's going to be doing a lot more shows on camera
0: yes but I I want to say there's a couple of things I'm cooking on I just want to share some of them with you because I think it's worthy Um, I know you know we say that it's going to be a little different because I'm not looking to just have you sit there and look at me at a desk endlessly like I talk because it bores me and it would hopefully it just doesn't fit I mean Michelle and Leah have an interaction with each other that's fun to watch me all you're going to see me do is like scratch my eye once in a while or something which is kind of boring but what I do plan on doing. Um, He's just afraid you're
1: going to see him doing this in the middle of his show.
0: Oh, I've, I have done that. <laughs> it's a good thing you weren't watching me because I have literally did that just recently. Like on the last two nights, I was so tired. <laughs> I was talking. If you listen closely, you'll hear something like this. We me, didn't like, hear it literally. though, so
1: they wouldn't have heard it. But see how much better that would be if it was on camera.
0: <laughs> Maybe for YouTube outtakes or something. Yeah. So um we do have a barn church we're building, which is pretty awesome. Rick and Paul are all going to be part of that CJ too, but I'm saying like the, the men thing of it and we're going to start doing regular. And I, I can't tell you the exact time yet. Cause got to get the barn church finished. So I don't think it's going to take us as long as I originally thought, but by spring, we're going to be having every Sunday services for real. Wow. And we, Rick and Paul can see, I just recruited you Rick CJ. Yes, will be you just here.
1: got roped in Rick.
0: And, wow. um, and it'll be I myself and whoever else we can bring <laughs> That's in. And Leah maybe, and
1: That's maybe forgot to tell you. we
0: might have a, we might have a guest appearance, maybe a mm-hmm. uh, Michelle and Leah at some point. That just might happen. So we'll see. Well, I'm excited. It's gotta be but, you know, it has to be christened. So it'll definitely be happening. Um, I am just toying with another idea too. And it just depends. I, I shouldn't say depends. I just have to get the video flow workflow down, but I definitely want to document, not just what's going on with the farm, but what's going on with the farm, the Kentrill children. And I think that that's a super important inspiration as we work together. Um, cool. Really kind of unexpected. And, and something I really was blessed with was, uh, was it, it was Silas? Cyrus? Silas. Uh, what was it? Your Silas.
1: nephew's name is Silas. God. This should oh, yeah. not be difficult to remember. His father's name you is and I are Paul. You're not going to have a
0: conversation about my Paul
1: lack of name. And Silas.
0: <laughs> yes, okay. Well, you're, you're not going to have. You're going to be hitting this hard in my head because it's been so. Anyway, um, Silas sat the other day at lunch just before they left, and I had made lunch for him as the, Paul and, and Christine were trying to get everything packed. And he sat and he said, as he as he prayed, he said. God, he says, I want to thank you for Uncle Scott, to help. who's going to train us to be farmers for God. When you hear that out after a young man and you see the spark that's lit up among these children, it it is so hard to take the world seriously. (laughs) Because that's real and everything else is not. Everything else
1: is not real.
0: Right. And, And so I just, I'm super excited for what I've seen in them and what this will mean. And of course, Christine is going to have her baby here. Talk Malachi
1: King, footage.
0: Malachi King is coming though. Okay, so I'm going to share this with you because this is literally a real conversation. Okay. Because I was talking to the boys. Do you have permission
1: like, from Christine to give a conversation? I never know what's going to come out of your mouth.
0: Oh, this one, you, you don't worry. We're okay. We're cleared on this one. So we're talking about are there are there twins? Oh, okay. And the boys are like, yeah, there's twins. I said, good. I'm not the only one. They're like, well, the twins are hiding. You They've had an
1: one. ultrasound, Scott.
0: Right, look, just wait till you hear this. This is the best ever. They're like, they only saw one part of it. <laughs> and <then> they, <laughs> and then, wait, 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 wait. It's gets so good. They're going to be like, the next. Oh, I can only really say it. I'm laughing so hard already. Oh. This came right out of nowhere. This is such. This is such. You said men. it? Do you they're,
1: even remember their name?
0: Yeah, it was Gabriel. Yeah, it was probably Gabriel involved in this one. It was yeah. this they're going to take the next one and they're going to find a foot coming out of his butt. And they're going to say, what is that? And it's going to be like, and then suddenly (laughs) it says "Then they're going to discover his twins because it's on the other side. (laughs) This has already been a story. Yeah, They're convinced that there's two. I'm telling you.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. So, so for the record, it was Sunday at like the last day of Bard's Fest in the evening. Mm-hmm. God's taken Leah and Stacy and I through intense deliverance, and Paul and Scott and Christine are all there, and Laura Lee, um, and John and Stacy. And uh, it was at the end, and I and and Paul and Christine had just been kind of like helpers. And I'm thinking, okay, well, but I have a word for you. And I just said, I really feel like the Lord is saying 12 kids and they have 10 mm-hmm. right now. 11 if you count. And you of course we do count Paul's oldest son from, um, from an, another woman. But I um, said, so God said 12 from from you too. And they just kind of broke because they had already, and Scott mentioned this on the show with, with Paul the other day, because people had been pressuring them to, to stop up the fruit and they had been kind of considering it. And, um, it, what oh, it was,
0: was it called to get a vasectomy?
1: Right. So right. I think it was like three days later. Yeah. We get, we get text messages that they are expecting. Maybe it was like right. a week. I don't remember, but it was so no. crazy. Like here I prayed and God said, God said 12. So I also have been in the camp of twins, but now right. I'm just thinking, well, I guess there's another pregnancy after this one.
0: Either that or we pray it in. Oh, it's like.
1: Are we praying I, in?
0: We pray it in.
1: <laughs> this is next level kind of stuff that Scott's talking about. Literally everybody went, that's it. This guy's gone too far. I I was going to try and stay with him, but I can't.
0: Yeah, and this is, this is the flood of people now running over to Resistance Nation. It's like, th- at least there we get some sanity. I'm like, good luck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> most of them are going this all started with those crazy chicks oh, yeah. which it That's did cool. not by the way you were crazy long before we got here
0: mm. oh was i so you I I want to speak no. to
1: one more thing and then we'll go we've hit the my midnight mark here i'm about to turn into a pumpkin um to get really serious scott you have transformed in the past year in ways that still surprises me and mm. every time god says like you know the Bible says if you're if you're um if you're asked to go one mile, go two. God asks Scott to go two miles, and Scott's like, How about ten? And I'm sitting here going, Okay, go on and get it. I'm not coming. Um, but that's you. That's been you. When God asks you to do something, you literally jump in with with both feet. And I have watched you over the past two and a half years of of our friendship. And there have been times with you that have been very hard. You have been a very hard-headed, difficult person at times, yes. and uh, and you are not now. Actually, you are very very soft. God has softened your heart, and mm-hmm. your and I and I would like to personally take this time to speak to anybody that ever left Scott because he was mean to them, and say he's safe now. <laughs> you may come back.
0: Almost safe.
1: You're safe. So uh, safe. I, I am, I am, I am very grateful for the the journey that God has taken you on, Scott. It's been a miracle to watch, and a lot of that, all glory to God. But a lot of it has to do with Brad Cummings. If we're talking about anybody here, um, I watched you trans transform under his um, brotherhood, and that has been amazing. So big shout Have out to Brad. Year.
0: We've gone this far in a year. Imagine how far we'll go in five.
1: Amen. That's how I see,
0: you know, start to see the real mur- works of the miracles come. It's good. Michelle, you want to start <laughs> South praying this
1: says, Yes, he has. God has softened his heart. He was harsh with the vaccinated and now he gives them grace. I never left, but I prayed for him. Well done, South Paul's.
0: So let me just say this so we're clear. I will never retract the harshness that I was with the vax. You chose, you chose salvation through the needle instead of Christ. Now we'll accept you and bring you back and love you on you and pray for you and you can repent again, but you still screwed up. So, just so I say it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> CJ and Rick have some deliverance work to do tonight.
4: <laughs> well, that's the Lord's work. That's the Lord's work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know very well, Michelle. God's like, oh, yeah. I know there's just certain things that'll never change, and I'm like, "Okay, Lord, you made me."
1: <laughs> Everybody can change.
0: He's gonna be like, "I know there's certain things you're always gonna do." It's like, "Yeah, it's Jericho." Like, really seriously, Lord.
1: well so. uh, M- MJ Reed says it has been an amazing journey to hear. Amen. That's good, Scott. You want to pray us out of here?
0: Yeah, I do. Thank you, Father. Like, I just want to begin by just thanking you for all that you do in the seemingly impossible, which might even begin at times with me, because it's the the things that we can overcome. But most humbling is the people that you bring around us and in the possible, impossible ways that we learn to listen and learn to change. We're heading into a time, Father, right now that can be difficult for some and celebratory for others, but most importantly, we just pray that everything that will be focused on you, that the harvest that we're really celebrating is the harvest of our hearts for you, and that we place ourselves before the throne humbly, and we pray, and we put ourselves there by our free will, and we truly say, Father, here I am. And with that, Father, we just ask that the willingness of the hearts to open, and to literally let you in, and to let the silver and the dross be burned away. And let us be refined by the true silversmith to be reformed in the images that you need us to be. These are critical hours right now. Hours in which time is not on our side. Time in which you're calling us urgently to the places we need to be. So let us hear that call and let us answer that call with the humility of heart necessary to be transparent before the throne and before you. Let us open our hearts up so boldly that even the darkest of things that we're afraid to speak can be spoken to be healed and learn the power and the grace and the glory that comes when we truly allow you in to take away those things that burden us and give the demonic activity control over us, then we can break those chains and set ourselves free. And so Father, my prayer and our prayer tonight, more than anything as we move forward here, is freedom for the hearts of the many the courage to step in and to step off that place of comfort and to step in truly into the furnace of refinement and to be there, to let you work us, to let you melt us down, reform us and truly make us greater in the eyes of the world and in the purpose you have for us in kingdom. Father, then this is a time right now and truly as Michelle even alluded to that, when we embrace the power of the Holy spirit, we don't need words. Or it's the presence of the Holy Spirit our love in our loving Jesus that walks before us and walks around us. And it's in these hours that such great things begin to happen simply because people see it, they recognize it, and they're drawn to that flame. Let us be that. Let us be those that walk truly in the foot of Jesus. If there's ever any question of what we should do, just say, I'm walking with Jesus. That's not a religion. That's a walk in faith, unprecedented in anything before. Let us remember the words that were spoken to the adulteress after the, after the accusers left, when Jesus literally told her, go and sin no more. For that, it's raised the bar of possible. And it reminds us, as it was itself pre-crossed, that those were not just offhanded words, but those were words of truth of what was capable and possible. When we release ourselves truly before you and allow you to work through us, to refine us, to improve us, and to make us truly that great here on earth. Let us embrace that which Jesus has told us, that we can do all the things that he has done and greater works than he. This isn't something that's said in offhandedness. It's the pursuit of the authorities which we have on here on the earth. So let us spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let us heal the sick. Let us cast out demons. Let us raise the dead. And let us put our eyes so high on kingdom that we seek to do the greater works that we have yet to discover and yet there await us as the prize as part of our inheritance. And Father, let us look around ourselves and see the families that you're re the sisters, the brothers, the people you're bringing in to be our true family in this hour. For as the words you put upon me, the family of blood will not endure and will not endure, but the family of the spirit will overcome and rise. So let us hear those calls to be part of the family of the spirit, which you're now re and rebuilding because this is the hour in which kingdom is now on the offensive. In which victory from the cross is being brought to victory on the earth, and which it is in our hands to steward, to be bold, to be mighty, to stand in front of the demonic and know that there is nothing they can do, that the call and the groans of earth that have waited eagerly for the sons and daughters of the Most High to arise is now. So we begin there with a humbleness before the throne, a meekness of a heart, to know that we begin in the place that is the hardest. To put ourselves before you to open ourselves to you and to say thank you father i'm humbled to be here send me and let me in thank you father for this time thank you for the blessings that we carry thank you for all that are around us guide us and protect us in christ jesus name
1: amen amen Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I am very thankful for each and every single one of you. And I would be remiss if I didn't say that I am very, very thankful for my mother and all that she does. She literally holds this whole place together and holds resistance chicks and everything before the Lord. And she's a mighty intercessor for the entire nation and the world. And oftentimes I'll go into her room and I'll ask her, I'll say, Mom, what are you doing? I'm just changing the world. I was just, you know, I was in the spirit doing this, taking down this, pulling down this stronghold. You know. That's awesome. Yeah. She'll she God wakes her up in the middle of the night. She'll be up for five hours, six hours. You know, oh mom, you look kind of tired. Yeah, I didn't I couldn't sleep. God just kept going and going and going and going and going. That's my mom. So I'm very thankful for my mother. You should be thankful for your parents as well, Scott Kesterson.
0: Man. Beautiful people. And I'm glad to share them tomorrow with Rick and CJ. That's it's gonna be a wonderful day.
1: All right. Do you want to, do, we need the Patriots, keep your head up, eyes oh, forward. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right, Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never at evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, we thank you all for being here tonight. Have a blessed night. Good night. And...
1: And out for now.
6: (laughs) We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe